This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, where the ladies can find self-defense classes and basic pistol concealed weapons courses available in both English and Spanish classes. Easy to get to just off the turnpike. Go to TopGunIndoorRange.com. All righty. Welcome aboard. Yes, sir. Time to rock and roll on a Friday. You made it. You made it to Friday. How about that? It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Oh, yes. Got some uh, boys and girls to talk to today on the program. We'll have some fun. We'll uh, not, uh, not, we won't have too much crypto talk today, okay? Maybe I'll update you on what's going on with Bitcoin, but we're going to have a, a uh, show, a crypto show later on, probably early evening by the time I get back because I have to go somewhere after I'm done here. Uh, but probably early in the evening, we'll have a show. So we'll have the latest and now gather more of the news that happens throughout the day. So expect a Crypto Bro Show. Remember, the Crypto Bro Show is only on Twitter, Twitch, or Facebook. And the Facebook page is the Orlando Alzugari Facebook page, not the Big O Show one. So those three is where you will find the crypto shows. So we will add one today. Okay, I will do one when I get back after I leave here. So uh, we'll have some fun and we'll uh, keep you updated with all kinds of stuff. They go, do you know Coinbase IRA company is good one to transfer my traditional IRA to? I don't know, Jamie, to be quite honest, man. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, sh- I uh, shut down my uh, my R- my R- IRA and uh, I cashed it all out. I paid the penalty and uh, I uh, moved it all to crypto. I just purchased the crypto with the money myself. And um, so I uh, and best thing I ever did because. Um, you know, these, those people were, they were doing a good job, but they were making like a thousand a year and the way everything moves, it's just not, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Uh, I can make a lot more than a thousand a year in crypto, a lot more. Uh, so, you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of the way I did it. Cashed it all out. And, and then there you go, you know? Uh, so as it is, um, so you'll have to do it on your own. That part, I can't help you with my brother. You know what I mean? I'd love to help you, but I, I just can't. I kind of did it my own way. Uh, a los cojones is how I did it basically. So that's kind of the way I did it, but that's just me. I don't suggest anybody to do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it worked out for me perfectly because, you know, I um, I was able the, the a lot of things that happened for people like me, uh, Brooklyn Rob that I've known for a while now, Lisa that I see there. Um, those of us that got in towards the end of the last bull run. Well, we were able to then go through the bear market. And while people were looking at it as hell, uh, if you followed the show constantly you would know that i would look at it like a brontosaurus burger you know i would look at it like oh my god we're going to in and out again you know it was just one of those things that was just delectable for me and so a lot of us were able to hit the real bottoms 
You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people that are getting in now, they're getting a good, they're getting a good price now. They're going to make some money, but they're not going to make as much as some of the other people that actually really stuck through the bear, the bottom of the bear market. And then those are the people that are going to, you know, make it better. And so that's kind of part of the process throughout this whole thing. And that, that ended up being good for me because I got out of my 401k right at the right at the end of the bull run and then we went right into the bear market and the pandemic and all that and really it became a blessing just like getting tesla at 105 bucks or something when it went down you know whatever all those kind of things and so it's kind of timing for me uh that that ended up working out as i started learning about crypto so um that to me, you know, that part on the transferring of the IRA, I can't answer that, my brother. I, I, I wish I could, but uh, I am uh, not not prepared to answer that. I, I tell you guys this all the time. I have no problem telling you I don't know something. Okay? Uh, but if I think I know it, eh, I'm going to fight you to hell. Uh, Steven Gonzalez is in the house. Steve Chapman in the house. Brooklyn Rob. Thank God it's Friday. Profit taken on Bitcoin. Maybe another buy opportunity. Would like to see it come down a little more. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, there was one exchange already that it's at its lowest. Uh, they don't have people. Are, they're running out of Bitcoin. They're running out of Bitcoin. It's, you know, there's going to be a day where we're going to have that God candle and it's going to go up 10 plus thousand dollars and people are going to freak out. And, you know, I think the, the retail, the FOMO, the average person is probably going to get triggered after 70, 75, after it passes the all time high and it starts getting into closer to a hundred. I think that's when the retail like, Oh, maybe I should buy some, you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, morning. Oh, he made it respectable last night, but the same issues that were affecting Miami against Denver in the finals were seen again. You know, let's talk about the game last night. Uh, last night, the Heat lost to the Nuggets 103 to 97. I did not lose. I won. Okay. I won. So I, I took 10 and a half points plus 10 and a half points. And then when Jamal Murray got injured, <laughs> I go to I go right to the Hard Rock app. I go, I'm putting more money on the Heat, and it was at plus eight and a half. Have you ever, if those of you that use a Hard Rock app, have you ever tried to make a bet, right? And then you hit it to highlight it, and then you put your money, and then when you hit the place to bet, it 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 doesn't let you because it's in the middle of of updating the the line, and some usually it goes the other way, and you're like pissed because you lose a point or two, and you're like, no, nah, I'm not making this bet now. You know what I mean? So I, I I go, oh, shit. They picked up on the Jamal Murray injury. It's going to go down. It went to nine and a half. And I said, well, let me put a couple extra more dollars on this because I already had it at ten and a half. And I go, the Heat will keep it close. If they can't win, I know they're going to give an effort. You know what I mean? And they gave an effort. And so, yeah, and listen, to me, I, I came out golden yesterday, okay? Like I told you, the live line – there's nothing, but it's about value, ladies and gentlemen. You have to get something at value. Like I told you, I, I think to a plus 2250 for the MVP is value. I took it, you know? Anyway, so um, 
yesterday, one, I'm going to tell you, bam, you want to win in these kind of games, you can shoot 8 of 18, dude. He is, you know, for being a big man, he's really not efficient enough. He should still be shooting at a higher percentage, and he doesn't. And 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 by the way, he missed stuff even around the basket. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler right down the stretch missed two key free throws and two bunnies, two layups, dude. One of them was like super easy. And it's like how you can't do that kind of stuff. And then terrible Terry, you know, at one point or another, bro, you got to understand it's not your night from three-point range. He shot, was it four air balls? I don't know if you stayed up for the whole game, Sean. It was four air balls from three-point range. I believe it was four, three or four. If I'm wrong on four, it was three air balls from three-point range. And I know I hear Reggie Miller talk, well, maybe he's not getting lift because of the leg injury or whatever. And it, well, but you got to be smart enough, too, as a player to, you know, hey, uh, facilitate. You know, there's some other guys there that shoot better than you. Let them do it. By the way, Duncan Robinson, just wow. Just wow. That's all I got to say about Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson has just grown up and has turned himself into one heck of a player. Uh, last night, he, uh, he uh, plays... 36 minutes, has 12 points, five of nine shooting, really didn't shoot enough. Uh, had uh, three rebounds, three assists, three steals. It's just, he's he's really, and I think when Duncan Robinson is only shooting nine times, I don't think you're running the offense the right way. When Terrible Terry is shooting 15 times, I got a problem with that. And and that last air ball, they, they looked at the camera, went over to Spo. And, you know, Spo stays stoic, right? No matter what, Spo stays stoic. He's not going to go, what the hell are you doing? But there was like a look in his face still, like, damn, I wish he wouldn't have done that. I wish he wouldn't have shot that ball. That wasn't right the right decision at that moment, you know, because he really just it, it didn't need to be hurried that much. and. You could have you could have tried to fight for a better shot, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, but last night you had your moments. Uh, I mean, Caleb Martin again almost gets injured. Caleb Martin, uh, I love Caleb Martin, but he has this thing with, you know, getting injured, and it's like uh, it's it's he's like Tyler Hero Jr. You know, he stayed in the game, so it's fine. But I was already like, damn, really again, dude? Like, you better stay in the game. I mean, so yesterday they kind of fell apart with different individuals, uh, mainly Butler, Bam, uh, and and Terrible Terry. You know, so and I expected Terry, which it's going to take some time to become a more efficient player here. I, I like everybody does, you know, like every player does, except for you know Thomas Bryan or something. Very few players become better players here. Maybe it'll take some time, but the decision-making last night was absolutely head-scratching by him uh, in that moment in that game. And that's one thing that I would have to complain about with that. 
with Bam. Bam, you know, he plays small, dude. And there, I get it, bro, that you're dealing with some size there, but I, I need you to, you know, play with some more cojones and, and get it done. Eight of 18 does not get it done. And Butler, seven of 17. You know, you, you might beat a lesser team, but you're playing the Denver Nuggets. So, you know, I, I just saw it with the, without the Jamal Mur with the Jamal Murray injury. I was like, hey, this opens it up for them for the second half. Now, it opened it up for my wallet. I had no problem with that. I don't know if any of you took advantage of it, but uh, thank you, Live Line. Thank you, Live Line. And and remember, the hard uh, the uh, Hylia Hylia um, Park app, the gambling app. Which, by the way, that's how I won, and I got my no regret first bet for a hundred dollars. So, telling you folks, check it out, check it out. Check it out there. Use the QR code. Go to the Hialeah website. If you happen to have a Hard Rock account, don't use the same email or phone number that you use for the Hard Rock account. Use a separate one, and that way you can get the $100 no regret first bet. All right? There you go. Uh, what else do we have going on? Taylor is in the house. The Panthers, yes, they are, man. Reinhardt is just amazing, dude. 41 goals already. Um, that was awesome. And they won in a shootout. So they got it done. They're tied for first place in the conference with the Bruins. Uh, the Rangers are behind them. So Panthers, they, we have a team that can win the Stanley Cup now because they are tough enough and offensively potent. They have the combination. They have the technology. We can build them stronger. Faster. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Brian Landis, Sweet Baby Ray. Jamie Zoria is in the house in San Jose. One eyed Jack. I bought more Bitcoin last night. What do you think? The new dip will be around 61K. I don't see us going lower anymore. There could be there could be some dips, but they're not there's not gonna be much fluctuation, like big, big, big dips. Those days are done. Institutional money is pouring in. Today, the ETF in Brazil kicks off for BlackRock. You know? So, yeah. Uh, this is... I, I don't think people really... The, the problem is that most people really don't understand what's happening. So, you know, I am not a financial advisor. All I would tell you is scoop up as much Bitcoin as you can get. That's all I can tell you. Whatever you can afford, go buy it. Not a financial advisor, but 95% of the people, maybe even higher now because we're already in the 60s, are already in the green in Bitcoin. That's all you need to know. That does not happen with the U.S. dollar. But, you know. Uh, let's see. Lisa Rose. Cap for life. Kyle Cockrell. Ray Varnicus. Cosa Nostra, Luis Benito, Luis Berriel, Big O, our Panthers have shown nothing but resiliency in finding ways to win. Jasmine has been great, taking profits little by little and keeping my Jasmine. Happy Friday. You see it's pumping a little bit today. It wants to go. It wants to go. It wants to make that move to three sets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting it ride. I haven't taken any profits from my Jasmine at all. Because it, it was at, you know, 20, 20, 25, 30 cents, 35 cents. It had that kind of a floor before. So I think it's going to go up several cents. 
and then I'll start to take out some profits. But hey, I everybody does it differently, and God bless you, bro. You want to get your your investment out as soon as possible. Uh, I would do the same thing. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ty Crook is in the house. Eric Trujillo is there. Says, let's go crypto. Time to hunt. There we go. Ryan AP, Chet versus Wemby was a good watch last night. Okay. I didn't I didn't watch any of that. Uh, Devin Jordan is in. Gus Gus 1388. Jesse M. Terry Short Rosier. <laughs> Airball Terry. Um, Luis Benito, that's so funny. Terrible Terry. I laugh every time I hear it. He, it, he was terrible last night. I mean, his decision making and his shooting. Duncan Robinson, a very poor man's Reggie Miller. Dude, Reggie Miller never even played any defense at all his entire career. Like none, nada, nay. He might flop or something for you, do like a really good acting job. Duncan Robinson is a better rebounder, a better defender than Reggie Miller ever was. He's better than Reggie Miller as an all-around player, actually. Okay? The shooter is the shooter, and you got to give Reggie that until, you know, Duncan has to have those kind of moments in order to take that away from Reggie. So Reggie's the better player because you're going to give him the shooter part. But I got to tell you something. I see a much more complete player from Duncan Robinson right now and I watched all of, of uh, this guy's career. And I'm telling you, Reggie Miller was never a complete player. He was a complete one-way player. A shooter running through picks. Not really necessarily a guy who's going to dribble and find his shot all the time. Um, but, you know, I'm telling you, man. Um, Duncan Robinson has turned into a much more complete player than Reggie Miller was. Uh, for, at least from what I remember of Reggie Miller, you know, deadly-ass shooter. That's all I can give you from him. Uh, Devin says the Miami Heat will be okay. They were 5-1 and one on the road trip. Terry missed too many wide-open shots. He, he just shouldn't have taken them, Devin. At one point, you got to stop and say, I'm one of five, I'm one of four. Eh, let me pass. No, let me go. One of six, one of seven, one of eight. And I, no, bro, no. You got to, no. No, you can't do that. Uh, Caleb Martin, they call me Mr. Glass. I'm excited for Jovich, too. Oh, yeah, bro. I love Jovich. I would use him more, too. Miami Breaker 305 sends us a little love on the Super Chat. He says, tipping the crypto bartender. Jasmine going up, holding. There you go. There you go. Jasmine's going to run, man. I think it's going to run. Uh, pipe man slim says, what up? Oh, keep up the good work, bro. Lost five pounds fasting. There you go. By the way, I, uh, I took out, I went off my schedule, you know, yesterday, remember I told you I ate once yesterday. And, uh, so today I'm going to eat a couple times. So I was lucky. My daughter had her lunch break or yeah, lunch break, but it's still kind of in the, uh, breakfast time. So she brought me like minutes before the show started, she brought me a chicken biscuit. So I actually ate something in the morning, which I I, I haven't done that in a few weeks. Uh, so there, that, that'll, that'll put, but I only ate once yesterday. A good meal, but I only ate once. I ate a big meal, but only once. Uh, so yeah, the fasting is, uh, is working out. So that's pretty cool. I'm glad it's working out for you, Pipe Man Slim. 
Keep it going, baby. Keep it going. Let's see if we can all get uh, a little a little thinner here in the process. Uh, I know I, I, it's like I can't wait to get my foot, you know, back to working like I can walk because I'm, I'm just looking forward to taking walks now and, and sweating my ass off. And because oh, and by the way, let me say something responsible because I said something irresponsible yesterday about what I'm doing. OK, um, I'm fasting. And I'm eating two meals in a three hour in a four hour period between three and seven p.m. That's what I've been doing every day. Today I, I took I got off a little bit on the beaten path. Uh, I I'll, I'll eat again in the afternoon and probably won't eat again. But remember, I'm not exercising. So if you're going to add exercise to this, you cannot do what I'm doing. You have to eat more. Because you're going to be burning calories, you're going to need, you know, you're going to need more for energy purposes and all that. That would create an imbalance. So, uh, I do want to remind you that yes, I will be fasting once I start exercising, but I will increase what I eat a little bit because I'm going to need it in order to continue to exercise. Okay, because right now I can't exercise, I can't walk. So this is why, in order for me to lose weight. I have to be really disciplined and stay within a short window of eating and then let my body burn fat for 20 hours. And so that's that's what I do every day. So I have a four hour window to eat and then I have a 20 hour window where my body burns fat. Now, I'm not exercising. Once I exercise, then I have to increase the intake of food. OK, so just to make sure, let's let's be, you know, level headed on this thing. Okay, I've done this before. I've lost 50, 60, and 80 pounds three times. I've done it. I can do it. Uh, it's, you know, once I once I focus on something and I lock myself in, then I, I attack it and then I do it. But my problem is, same problem a lot of people have. It's taking it off is tough. Some people can't take it off. I, I can take it off. Thank the Lord. I've, I've been able to do it. It's keeping it off. That's really my problem. And so I, this time I have to learn because I'm just at an age that I, I can't afford to do it anymore. I just can't. So I need to get rid of it. And then we go. Uh, let's see. What up, everybody? Have a good weekend, says Nico. Drago is in the house. JP Parrales. I trust capital is my choice for crypto IRA. I've heard a lot of good things about I trust capital. I can't vouch for him because I don't know. But Jay Perales is uh, is talking about it, and I've heard a lot of good things about them. So, I trust Capital might be one you want to look at. That uh, Perales has got a he's got a nice suggestion there, man. Nice job by you, Jay Perales. Uh, Rosendo is in. Spring is around the corner. Enjoy your weekend. Yes, sir. You too, Rosendo. Uh, Think Blue Dodgers, shout out from the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. Walter Olivares, Anthony B, Twitter X payments going live soon. We'll send Doge past its all-time high. Well, it's the only way because he's the only one that's going to keep that thing alive. Edward Thurston House says, good morning, Big O. Got some jasmine. Hopefully it takes off. Okay. Good luck to you, sir. Um, Sosa says it's all about consistency when it comes to sticking to the right diet. Yep. What about the carnivore diet? What just meat? You mean? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. 
Um, I include all kinds of stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, uh, but good luck to all of you out there. Okay. Good luck to all of you out there. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Cutter's Edge Pro. If you're looking for landscaping for your home, okay, for your HOA complex, your business, whatever it is, folks, call the great people at Cutter's Edge Pro. Go to their Instagram page. That's to me, that's that's where you get to see the the art, the professionalism, the work ethic, the results there. Because there's so many pictures of all the work that they do and how professional it is and how amazing it is and how well it's done. And that's what's going to happen when they walk away from there. You're going to go, wow, this is, this is, this is, these people do it the right way. So call William Quigley and the great people, Mike, all the great people out there at Cutter's Edge Pro, 954 472 0622, tree trimming and removals, landscape design, synthetic turf. Oh man, the synthetic turf is awesome. If you own dogs, you're going to love it because it's so easy to maintain. You're never watering the grass, you're never cutting the grass. And the best part is, your dogs or you, when you go outside, you're not going to bring any dirt inside. You're not going to bring anything inside. So the wife is going to love it, or whoever is the one that's cleaning the floors. Because they don't really like it when the dogs come back and they bring some mud and all that kind of stuff. That's not going to happen with artificial turf. And it always looks impeccable. And you never have to, like, do anything. That's it. It's amazing. And you'll save thousands in the long run because you don't have to water or cut the grass, which is what we do practically every two weeks here. You know? So go to CuttersEdgePro.com. You can go to the website. Go to the Instagram page. And you'll see. And you'll experience the same thing we will. We did already. You'll experience excellence because that's what you expect. CuttersEdgePro.com. Boom. Uh, let's see. Uh, good morning. Oh, and Sean, Lenny Pena, thank you. Uh, at least our heat didn't get blown out. We hung with the defending champs. Yeah, they did, they did a good job yesterday. They hung in there. Uh, chia seeds grow by 27%. Eat them three times a day, 81%. More of the same amount of food. My latest attempt. I hope it works. Chia seeds. Are you trying to become a chia pet? Ch -ch 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 chia. So I would. Uh, you're becoming a chia pet, man. Ch -ch -ch chia. So what's going on? By the way, David Ferronis is is set to join us at ten thirty. And by the way, we did have the third quarter yesterday with the heat. It was the third quarter. That was uh, that was not good. That was not good when Porter took over. Uh, when he scored twelve points in that quarter, something like that. He um, he was uh, on fire. Anyway, what else do we have going? On? Oh, and uh, we have Manny Navarro at eleven o'clock. Also, so a couple guests for you. Oh, any Dolphins news? How come they haven't done anything regarding Baker? Um, they're in the combine right now, bro. They're not gonna, you know. There's time to do everything, and and uh, he's a and and there's an injury settlement that has to come with that too because he's injured. So those kind of things, when they come back from the combine, you'll get more of that kind of news leading up to the free agent and the free agency and the start of the league year. So you'll see more of that now 
after this weekend, starting next week. You'll see more of the cuts right before free agency. So expect that. We'll find out more. This is where we can – the good thing about next week is that we get to uh, – we get to start to talk about something like, you know, there's too much garbage out there. People are talking about stuff that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And and it's uh, it's not even legit. Um, I'm looking here for the. Here it is. Here it is. I knew it was in my notes from a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, actually, from the 20th. Um, March 5th uh, is the deadline to designate franchise and transition players. So next week we'll find out about that. Who gets tagged? Will Wilkins get tagged? All those kind of things. Then uh, March 11th through the 13th, they start talking free agency. They start talking contracts. The 13th, noon or whatever, that's when you can start to sign them. And then, you know, the signings start coming in and all that kind of stuff. So that's the good thing. Next week will be the week we will then start to talk about players cut from the Dolphins and other players cut from other teams. And then the following week, we'll get to start to talk about the players that Miami and others are signing and who they're going after. And then when we get through free agency that we're pretty clean, then we work our way. Now we start focusing on the draft. Okay. They signed a, they signed or traded for a tight end. They're not going to go for one in the draft. So now we can focus more on corner, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive lineman. They have they have several needs. They can go in many directions. But you know me. I don't like wasting time and talking about bullshit that doesn't exist or is not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like cap crisis now. There's no cap crisis. Now, you know, if you're wrong and you just want to continue talking about that bullshit, you can go ahead. But, I mean, that's kind of the way it goes in this world. You just don't admit you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no cap crisis. Miami can easily get under the cap. But let's, you know, create the controversy that there isn't any there. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of the way it all rolls now. So... That's what we're waiting for. So let's get through the process so we can talk about the, the each stage with substance behind it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of let's just fill space or fill talk time and come up with all kinds of hypotheticals that there's no chance. You know, the, the whole the whole Jalen Waddle shit. They're not going to trade him. There's no thought of trading him. There was never any thought of trading. And why does it become a subject? Because some idiot former GM, you know, who reads fantasy magazines, uh, he's the one that throws out something stupid on air. And then, you know, media's got to fill space. They're bored. At, they're bored in the offseason. So let's write a Jalen Waddle story that shouldn't be even talked about because there's no discussion there's no consideration. They're not trading him at all. So why would you even bring this up? Because some dude who's a wannabe throws it out there, you know, irresponsibly. This is the kind of shit that goes on way too much. All right, let's do it. 
Let's get to uh, talk a little Dolphins football with our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report with the one and only David Ferronis. All rise, football fans, as the Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report with David Ferronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider, David Ferronis. Ride, ride, ride. How you doing, my man? How you feeling? How was the uh, shrimp cocktail? Oh, shrimp cocktail, man! That it, it, that one gets to me. In the past, I, I don't know. This year, I don't know if they had extra sauce. They had a, a little something extra kick to it. But uh, man, I was getting teary eyed from it this year. Uh, last year, I remember I, I took one uh, for, it, for for those that don't know. We're talking about Saint Elmo's Saint Elmo's uh, shrimp cocktail in Indianapolis, a staple over here. I uh, had one one night, but maybe I didn't have that much sauce, and I was like, "Oh, it ain't nothing." And then the next day, they were handing out samples at media availabilities. And uh, that one got to me. I was like in the middle of the, of the whole room, just like I had to stop. <laughs> so they got, they got me the first time I went with Jason Cole. It was Jason Cole. It was Alex Marvez. Nice. Um, God. Um, I don't know. It may, maybe Darlington was on the beat at that time. Um, but it was like, like, like seven or eight of us. Right. Uh, back in the days when we used to be able to really cover the Dolphins and a lot of people on the beats used to go, you know, those days when there was more money available. Anyway, so uh, it was a big group of us and it was my first time. This was over 20 years ago. And um, Cole's like, oh, yeah, no, you got to try the shrimp cocktail, but you got to try it, you know, the sauce because you got to lay into it. And I had no idea, dude. And I'm a huge shrimp cocktail guy. I have it every time I go, but I'm prepared now. And, and, and I, I, you know, I'm treating it like regular shrimp cocktail sauce, you know, and I boom, bop, and my eyes just lit up and cried and everything. Yeah. Cause that thing, it opens cause it, it's like, it has wasabi in it with wasabi in it because it opens up your pores. Like brother, you can breathe really well when you're, <laughs> once you have that shrimp cocktail, so, yeah, I, I got and then I've gotten several people over the years as I take them over to St. Elmo's and when they don't know the yeah. what the cocktail sauce is, but, <laughs> but get their reaction. But it is phenomenal. I yeah. mean, it is freaking I, phenomenal. I, I feel like I think it is akin to a, a non drug addict way to experiment. Yeah, <laughs> because you're feeling these weird sensations that you can't control. No, and it's only for a few seconds, then it goes away. But, uh, <laughs> By the way, you, way do know, you do know that right down the street at Izzy and whatever, it's Harry and Izzy's. They did it there last night. Okay, you you know it's the same owner, right? It's the same company, and you could get right. the same shrimp cocktail there and all that. Right? Stuff. Yeah, I saw it on the menu and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because I tell people sometimes, hey man, if you don't want to make the line and go through all the craziness, and maybe it's a little bit more expensive, what you're going to buy there, just go to their sister you know, restaurant and you can have the same shrimp cocktail and it's probably a little cheaper actually, you know? So I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Draft week, you need a reservation. Cause I mean, those places are packed all dinner times. So you can't find it. You, you go from like five to uh, 9 PM and then you won't have any spots open. 
if you haven't uh, if you haven't reserved something ahead of time. They still have the upstairs open at uh, at St. Omos, the bar. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Oh, so many rooms. It's because it's like you go upstairs, you go down uh, like a hallway of dinner tables, and then you uh, go across another hallway with a bunch of pictures of uh, famous people that have been there. Another room that's set up similar. Another stairway, and you know, another back room. It's it's wild, but I love their setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's old school. It's an old yeah. school. You had to build it. You had to build within it that way because it's right. the way it is. It's like buying, you know, a house in Little Havana. You know, you're going to have closets about this size. And so, you know, there's uh, no such thing as a walk-in closet in, in Little Havana. You know, it's uh, closets that are, uh, you can fit like three shirts and then you got to go find another closet. After I think that. if you have a walk-in closet in uh, Miami-Dade County, it's, uh, it's an efficiency. And then you just rent it out to somebody. Right. Basically, for, for like twenty one hundred a month. Yeah, you can do that. That's uh, that will definitely work out. Uh, all right. So, what have you uh, learned this week from the Dolphins? What 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 what's your gut tell you about something? Give it. Uh, to you. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, the top of my head would be uh, Tua Tungavailoa. This contract is. It, it seems like it's getting done, and he's going to get paid the big money, bigger than we talked about on here. Uh, so you know if. If people who are hopeful of the 45 million, then um, I think no, it's going over the, the 50 million in average annual value, and um, and then it'll reset where the dolphins stand. Uh, it'll help in the short in 2024, but then after that, it's going to get more difficult for, for the dolphins to uh, make other maneuvers in future off seasons. Well, that's how it always is. Yeah, anytime you sign a quarterback, quarterback, yeah, you want a quarterback or not, and so. I'd rather go with Tua than what I've had here the last 30 years. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty fine with that. And I understand, you know, at first I had my own trepidations about giving him a long-term contract right away at the end of the season, but I I quickly changed my tune um because one, the team needs a cap space. Two, uh people are freaking out about giving him 50 million. That's what every starting good quarterback is going to end up getting. And really his deal three years from now will not look, you know, ridiculous because of the pace that these contracts are going. It's only going to get, you know, it's the same thing we used to say about Goran Dragic's contract when they first signed him, you know, that kind of stuff. And then after you realized, oh, really, you know, two years in, you're like, oh, yeah, no, the market is way ahead now. So the heat was ahead of that. And I think that's what's going to happen here. You're not paying him like the top quarterback in the NFL, but you will pay him a a pretty penny because it goes comparable with, with his stats to Justin Herbert's stats. You want to compare them? They gave Justin Herbert the money. Why aren't you going to give him the money? Right. You know what I mean? He wins more than Justin Herbert. So what the hell? He wins more against Justin Herbert, by the way. Isn't he yeah. two and one against Justin yeah. Herbert? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you gave Justin Herbert the money and if you're giving, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins the money and if you're giving all these other guys, why aren't you going to give to her? That's what the agent's going to say. But it, listen, this conversation is only dictated by one thing. If you weren't a believer of Tua, that's you're the one that's going to be complaining about the contract. If you were the believer of Tua, which is the minority, right, or maybe maybe half. You're not going to complain about the contract because you're going to look at the last two years and say, this guy was in the MVP talk. 
we even had a quarterback post Marino. Even they've never even considered him to be in the MVP talk. Never. No quarterback that's been here. So, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And then you look at uh, contracts like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, those were set out a couple of years ago. And then they uh, are now just being thwarted by the, the contracts that we have now. Uh, so those two were like average annual value in the uh, mid 40s. So now at last offseason, that's when everyone, well, the four quarterbacks, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson all hit uh, over 50 in average annual value, sort of um, uh, breaking that barrier. So then, yeah, now it, it makes sense that uh, it to to be in line with that uh, going forward, then, yeah, top of the line comparatively. Uh, is what you'll need, and then that will soon be outdated. And then in a couple of years, you're seeing way bigger contracts uh, for you know, every guy that comes up. I talked about this yesterday. I uh, I thought um, I thought uh, Greer sent sent everybody a message. If you really listen to what he was talking to you guys about in that roundtable, um, he gave you nothing on everyone. <laughs> nothing. Except Tua. Right. Notice how Tua and Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle. But, but that that's but we knew. We knew. Yeah. It's a fucking stupid question. Okay. <laughs> it was fucking stupid to be asked. It was fucking stupid to be brought up. It's it's just stupid to be a part of a conversation or any article or any kind of rant or anything like that. This is just people following Mike Tannenbaum's stupidity. Because that that had that's not even brother, I don't even put that at any weight on that shit. So really, he said, he told you there's urgency. He wants to get the contract done, you know, hopefully before what the before free agency or the draft, he said. I think before free agency, right? If not the draft, but we'd like to get it done or some oh, crap like uh, that. No for the tour contract, no timetable. Uh so he didn't he didn't have a timetable on it. No, but but all right, he didn't have a timetable, but he said that it's something that we'd like to get done or whatever. Oh, yeah, God. this offseason for sure. They want to get right, done. Exactly. Yeah, they don't want him to play on that 50 year uh, deal. Right. Uh, they didn't say that about they didn't say that about Rob Hunt. They didn't say it about Connor Williams. Right. They didn't say that about no other player whatsoever. And then the other thing is he didn't say if you're expecting Chris Greer to ever shit on a player on the way out, he's never going to do that. So the whole X thing, yeah, of course, no, you know, hey, you, you never close the door. Of course you don't close the door because if he wants to come back on low-hanging fruit, they'll bring him back on low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? So, you you know, it to me, he kind of, he was typical Chris Greer. He told you nothing but for one player. They, Mike McDaniel sent the message. Chris Greer sent the message. Two is here to stay. Everything else is pretty much in the gray. You don't really know. You and I can guess Rob Hunt is coming back. No, they're going to let him go. Whatever. You know, we can argue about that kind of shit. But the Tua stuff, is that how you write it too? Nothing on every, anyone else but Tua. You knew exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. The, uh, the only other thing, I, well, now the X comment was interesting because it wasn't even something on my mind right as the uh, release is happening. Oh, and we'll be willing to bring him back. So that was interesting just to hear him say that. I know, I know what you're saying that uh, then it would be a low hanging fruit uh, situation where he they, finds they, out, all right, the market. Dude, they'd be willing to trade for Jonathan Taylor. They'll right. be willing to sign Dalvin Cook. They're, they're willing to do all those things. Mm -hmm. 
the part that people didn't understand constantly that I kept sending the message, it's at their price. Not what, you know, all these people are right. Oh, they're dying to trade for Dalvin Cook. And I'm like, no, they're not, dude. They're going to wait for low-hanging fruit. They don't want. They're not going to pay for the guy. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing for other guys. This is kind of the same thing for X. Would they like to bring him back? Of course, but it's going to be at a majorly reduced number if he wants to come back. If X is chasing money because he's got all those baby mamas, I think <laughs> I think those days are done here in Miami. I'm just but, but as far as, uh, as Tua and, and the original question, I think that just speaks to how they've always wanted to uh, instill that confidence, especially since Mike McDaniel got there. But then even uh, the offseason where they were hiring a head coach after Brian Flores, it was all about the, the, the confidence. And I think that's what made Mike McDaniel or one of the um, the aspects that made Mike McDaniel uh, such a formidable uh, um, prospect for the, the coaching job in that, uh, that search that year uh, was they knew he would go about it this way. And uh, yeah, even then, like Chris Greer, when they put out the statement uh, that offseason that uh, they are they are, were looking to stick with Tua, that was after two years when he was under Flores and everything else. So every offseason, that's been consistent. Is showing that confidence in, in Tua, and then yeah, you're right. Everyone else, it's kind of um, you know, it's it's up in the air, uh, things like that. And uh, although, except you know, Tyreek Hill, a world class talent like him, and you're dealing with a, you're putting up with a bunch of off the field incidents as well. Then uh, Chris Gray didn't want to comment on that, looking for um, uh, more information. But uh, still, adding though that uh, he's a great player, and honestly, when you have a great player like that, then you're gonna put up with more of the off the field drama. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, you've been able to walk around and hang around at night. And have you been able to gather any information or gut feeling on uh, outside of Tua, who's staying and who's going? You got anything on that? Who's staying and who's going? Well, man, I found uh, uh, this is stuff that I, 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 I can't put out there, but uh, I was told very off the record. Uh, some, you mentioned the Jonathan Taylor um, a trade talks, and um, I, I found out an, an interesting player uh, from the Dolphins was uh, was potentially in the talks, uh, but I, I can't name him. I, I can't do it, and, there's, and I don't have uh, enough sourcing on it to back it up it would just be a rumor at this point but um it, it, it's something i can't fully go go and, and put out there but it was very interesting to hear um and then i know you want to know about uh derrick henry i mean I, i'm hearing the titans are going to try to do whatever they can uh but um it, it's going to be tough that's 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 all horse shit they, can they know they, they know they have work to do there, so he's gone he's right. gone unless they tag him yeah. Unless they tag him, but he's gone. He doesn't want to stay there. He, yeah. he knows they have no shot at winning a tie. You're bringing in a new coach and a new everything, and, you know, they're, they're, they don't have a, a quarterback that's ready yet right now. You don't even know if Will Levis really is the guy yeah. yet. So there's, that, that's all smoke and mirrors. I'm talking about our own guys. Yeah, yeah. Connor well, Will. Just, just to finish up on there, to that point. Um, yeah, it was it was put to me from someone uh, actually in the Titans organization that they know they have work to do there, but uh, but they want to bring them back. But they 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 know they have work to do essentially. So uh, when someone from there is is putting it like that, they probably know it's a long shot to bring them back. So um, why would he come back? Yeah, it's enough. That, for him to come back. Yeah, yeah. 
It's ridiculous. Why? Just because to finish out your Titans career? No, dude. It's You gave them the world, bro. You have carried that franchise for years now. You know what I'm saying? It's time for you to go somewhere where you're complimented, where the quarterback compliments you. He doesn't have a – he's never had a quarterback that compliments him. And that's his problem. He plays – he has to carry the quarterback in the, in the entire offense. He needs to go somewhere where they actually have a quarterback. Yeah. You know, in a real offense. And that's why I think Miami. But I'm saying Rob Hunt and some of these other guys. Yeah, I mean, um, nothing that has shifted where I, you know, I've stood on them. I mean, uh, you know, I'm still thinking Christian Wilkins. I'm leaning towards yes. I know. So we have sort of that. Maybe we'll call it a playful bet uh, up where you, uh, you've been on. No, no, he's, the no, 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 no. The the extra money now in the cap. I think there's a good chance now he gets. Okay, the cap. yeah. There's yeah, no. That's there's, a big. Yeah. I stand by my. I if there wasn't the extra money, I would stand by my statement that he's gone. Yeah. But because that's of right. the extra money. Yeah. When that happened, I told Sean actually asked me that 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 moment it happened. I said, you know what? Now the Dolphins are going to pull the dick move. They're going to tag him because, again, I'm not in the cap crisis hell department that some of you media guys are in. I'm not into that. Miami's cap is very manageable this year. It's so manageable that what happened with the cap, now I feel they can actually tag him and still do whatever the hell they want to do. So – to me, I think now, because unless you're convinced you can replace him in the draft, unless you're convinced you can replace him in free agency, you're better off just tagging him if you can keep him under the space for one year and then move on from him, and then you can prepare. This year, you'll go after a linebacker. You'll go after uh, another corner. You'll go after an offensive lineman or something. And then next year, you could go after the defensive tackle when you have your full allotment. Uh, of picks and you let go of Wilkins, you know, that yeah. kind of shit. So yeah. that's why I think now with the, the increase so much in the cap, I think now there's a possibility that he can get tagged. If there wasn't, I would have stuck to my guns, no tag. And I'm still sticking to my guns. There will be no long-term contract. I'm, I'm ultra convinced of that one. I've been ultra convinced of that one from the get-go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair on Christian Wilkins. Uh, so, so I'll give you that. I'm not going to call you out for, uh, for flip-flopping. I think that is a fair assessment um, in, in, you know, changing your opinion on that. Um, and then previously, yeah, so not too much as far as uh, maybe shifting my, my opinion on, you know, what we've previously stated on, on all the guys. Uh, so if that means uh, Rob Hunt, because I've always kind of felt one and not the other between Wilkins and Hunt, but there is the extra money that you're speaking of. So that could maybe possibly I, I would have to do all the calculations. But uh, if there is a way, then then, uh, you know, maybe Rob Hunt could still stick around. But I've kind of felt it, it's going to be tough to bring both. So if Wilkins is, is one, then I would say Hunt as the other. No, I think Andrew Van Ginkle is just such an important piece. And especially Greer, uh, Greer spoke about just the uncertainty at the edge rusher position and uh, that we all know. And uh, I think the Dolphins have to operate this way in this uh, this upcoming month. Uh, with uh, so and at top of the list would be to bring back your own guy that you you know and um, um, you are comfortable with, and uh, and of course there's the question of Jerome Baker and um, so Greer said uh, that that the new defensive staff will basically have their say in uh, in bringing him back and financially uh, the prudent move would be would would be not to at, at the price he's at if he can come back on a much cheaper deal shake him down then. Um, I think that would be fair, but 
Uh, but something's got to happen there on uh, Jerome Baker, of course. Oh, he's gone. It's just, I, but you have to, you have to have an injury settlement there, correct? If I'm correct. Uh, well, he has no guarantees uh, for 2024. So, um, but, but because he's injured, I think there has to be some kind of an injury settlement, right? The because waived an injury settlement, huh? The, you're saying yeah, the the waived with an injury settlement. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they have to. That's why I think uh, you're not. You know, because somebody asked me, hey, how come the Dolphins haven't made any news moves? And I said that's because you got to wait till after the combine next week. Now you'll start seeing the cuts, and we'll get as they position the following week for the start of the league year and free agency and all of that. So you're expecting the cuts and everything to happen next week, you would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. And also they have to get under the uh, the cap uh, by, by the start of the new league year, March 13th. So, And the Xavier Howard money doesn't help uh, in that regard either because that's that would be a post-June 1 cut. So money doesn't hit until June 1. So they still have about $29 million to uh, to uh, get under there. So a lot of restructures to the, the high-priced – contracts that they're on the books for uh converting base salary into the the prorated bonuses spreading out to hit uh that'll go a long way too in getting them uh, to that number oh uh, what they only have one franchise tag they can use correct right right is it worth using the other tag on either wilkins or hunt you said wait the other tag the transition tag whatever oh, the transition tag um well, then you leave yourself open a bit more um, as opposed to um, where if you just franchise, I and mean, you know, it's a, uh, I got to look at the numbers, but I think it's like a three, $4 million difference in Wilkinson's case uh, as far as what you say. But then I think Wilkins, uh, another franchise would probably um, go give him the money he's looking for uh, in that regard. And then you would, yeah, you would have the right of first refusal uh, and to match, but um, you would leave yourself open then, and someone on the market would probably give Wilkins what he's looking for. Yeah, because I, I, I would think you wouldn't do it with Hunt because then somebody definitely will scoop him up right away. Yeah. Wilkins yeah. still, you know, it all depends if you feel he's worth it. To me, I don't feel – do you feel he's worth uh, big money? Uh, you're saying Hunt or Wilkins? No, 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 not Hunt. Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, um, big money as far as the you see, I wouldn't go top of the line like uh, like like he, all like the elite defense. I would I want to go just a notch below, similar to Tua. He wanted Quinn Williams money last year, dude. Right, he wanted Williams money, so he and he got sacks this year. So that's why I'm asking you. He's going to ask. The bar's only moving for him when he got those sacks. So that that was the thing that was holding him back in negotiations last offseason for sure. Is that every other big defensive tackle that had gotten the, their big contracts, their big money, they had the sacks to go with it. And Christian Wilkinson's previous career high was a four and a half sack season. So he didn't have that interior pass rush on his resume. And then he doubled that uh, high with nine last season. So um, the, the numbers that end up talking, even though, uh, you know, as, as you've stated, a lot of them were sort of uh, some gimme sacks and, you know, not in the big games, but uh, at the end of the day, it's the number that's there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with. Hey, listen, here's my reasoning. I'm not giving you top of the line money. I give top of the line money to people that you have to game plan for. Nobody games, nobody game plans for Christian Wilkins. Nobody. And so to me, if you're not the guy they game plan for, then I can't give you that kind of money. You know, you game plan for Tyreek. Yeah. You game plan for, for the, for the corner. 
Yeah, you better game plan for those guys. You game plan for Derrick Henry. You know what I'm saying? Certain players you game plan for. And Christian Wilkins is not a player you that that the offensive offensive unit is. Oh yeah, no, we got to get this guy will wreck our offense. No. And it was telling that I mean Zach Sealer got his money last offseason. And um, so as those talks with Wilkins last year uh, didn't go anywhere and, and um, you know, Dolphins made their offer and Wilkins felt he, he deserved more. And then they said, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, secure Zach Sealer at a more affordable rate. And uh, Zach Sealer, actually, he had 10 sacks uh, last year. So for, for Wilkins at his nine, Zach Sealer even uh, one-upped him at a, a much uh, – At an interception and a touchdown, too. Yeah, touchdown, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, a big I moment, mean, too. Yeah, Sealer's been the better player, actually, right. and and he and he gets paid half the money that the right. less than half the money this guy's asking for. Right, less than half the money. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing about you know you're you're overturning the cart there a little bit because Zach Sealer's next to you, outplaying you almost, and he's getting paid half. That's why it's very dangerous, also paying him uh, that kind of money. I, that's why I'm convinced they won't give him a long term, but they will help themselves by tagging him for one more year if they don't think they can replace him. That's yeah. kind of yeah, – I think you go the two routes, whether it's a, the tag and it's just one year and you play it like that, or then if – now the long-term deal probably wouldn't be what you want from the Dolphins' perspective, but then it could help them in the short-term 2024 cap space. But then you're really digging yourself deep in future years, especially once you're also already paying Tua. So there would be a lot of challenges in future seasons, but – uh, that would would provide relief for this offseason if you want to really just make it a one big shot uh, sort of 2024 season. I like to take things as, you know, as they come and and not get ahead of myself on certain things. Yeah. So a lot of people are, and, and one of them is this. Well, what do you think they're going to do in the first round? Well, I don't know yet. I got to see what they do in free agency first. Yes, yes. And I can figure things out. Okay, having said all that, I don't want to get too much into that like that. But from what you've gathered with the 21st pick, what is going to be the kind of positions that might be healthy enough to be there at 21 for the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, offensive linemen, uh, possibly a, a third receiver, although um, I was just uh, in uh, media interviews for prospects, wide receivers were talking. Uh, LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas, who had been in, in you know, mock there. Um, uh, the Dolphins haven't even talked to him. Uh, no formal meeting with him So here at the Combine. So the, that was in, uh, intriguing. Um, so uh, they might be looking at – I would go for a receiver. I would go for a tight end. Yeah, yeah so the, Bowers, I always found Bowers, it, uh, Bowers right. is the only one, and there's – zero chance that he gets out of the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think I've seen it mocked where like, Oh, uh, 15 to the Colts, uh, where if he gets to where, if he drops that far, which I, I agree, I don't see it. He's just too good of a prospect, but if somehow that were the case and that happened, then maybe could the Dolphins move up? You know, Chris Greer is, is not ruling out a move up, a move down. He's always willing to, to uh, wheel and deal. So if he gets into that range, that, and you have a prospect like Brock Bowers who um, would be comparable to the impact Sam Laporta had for the Detroit Lions this past year as a rookie, um, if not maybe even better, uh, because I, th I think he's a better prospect right now going into the draft than last year. Laporta obviously had a tremendous season. But uh, then, yeah, you, you might want to just go ahead and go for that home run of moving up uh, if it's a reasonable amount to get a guy like Brock Bowers. But 
they could also trade down and then you end up because you have a big uh, gap between your second round pick you don't pick in the third don't pick in the fourth next one is is in the fifth so trading down could offer you more picks in the middle rounds if there's a lot of prospects that uh that they like at uh, whatever ends up being still positions of need going into the draft uh, a lot of that like you said will be settled uh here in this coming month of, of march and free agency and with you, any you, trade, look, potentially. you look at the nfl san francisco they use the tight end right they got a pretty yeah. damn good you just mentioned detroit Got themselves a pretty damn good tight end. Dallas hey, Cowboys got some good tight ends. The whole Final Four. Yeah, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. They have a tight end. Kansas City Chiefs. They have a tight end. Uh, the let's the see. Ravens with Mark Andrews. Baltimore Ravens have a couple of tight ends because the yeah. likely kid did a nice job after Andrews. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills use a lot of tight ends. Uh, and then the Dolphins, the guy that coaches it, has been in an offense that has always been heavily used with the tight end. Now they went for Waller the first year. And as I've said many times over, Laporta was the guy that they targeted last year and they couldn't get to him. I think they will. But the question is what's available in free agency and then what's available in the draft and all that. But Miami has no shot in the draft at 21 because there is no tight end worthy of reaching for. And the Bowers kid, there's no way he's going to fall that far. You know what I'm saying? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It'd have to be a situation where he falls just to a reasonable spot to trade up into because, um, yeah, it's just he's, – he's not obviously not falling to, to you at 21. Get that no, out. It's a position not that of – Never mind. And it's an important position in the NFL nowadays. Yes. The better offenses have a very productive tight end part of it. And I know the Dolphins want one badly. That's why when, you know, a lot of a lot of people in the media too talk about a third receiver, I think they're missing the boat. They're not going to spend money or a draft pick on a receiver when they have all that money tied up. They're going to spend it on a tight end because that's a different mismatch that they need on the field. The bigger, the bigger receiver, the bigger target for Tua. That's the other thing. You need to start getting bigger for Tua. You, you can't keep – it can't be the Oompa Loompas playing on offense all over the place. You got to add some size, bro. You know, you, Gesicki was good to, to high point, yet McDaniel was ignorant enough that he couldn't work him into the offense. You have to find a way, Chase Claypool, whatever it is, but you need to add an Aronde Gadsden type of – you know, uh, effect to this offense. And the position that you can do it in is at tight end. And so that's why, to me, tight end will be a priority this offseason. They have to find a way to get a tight end. Uh, Do you know right now what's the list of free agents? Because we haven't found out who's going to get released, too. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Uh, but well, one one guy I was gonna bring up is uh, after Bowers and uh, Jatavian Sanders, uh, probably yeah. would, might be the second tight end in this draft. But um, yeah, obviously, there's a drop off after Bowers, so let's get that clear. It, it's not a deep tight end draft class, so it's kind of Bowers or nothing in a, in a little bit. But uh, Sanders is a six four guy, uh, receiving guy. He can block when he's out on the perimeter, so that could be good for for the wide zone scheme. And um, I found it interesting when I was talking to him uh, at Combine interviews that um, he, he really liked meeting with the Dolphins and, and specifically meeting with Mike McDaniel and seeing how similar he was to how he is on TV. So clearly he watched Hard Knocks. 
So that is telling, though, that Mike McDaniel was, was speaking to this tight end uh, specifically. So uh, obviously he's not a first-rounder, but if, let's say, with the second-round pick, if you've already adjusted a lot of other things and you still have tight end sort of pending, then uh, possibly a target there for, for the Dolphins. All right, what are you uh, working on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, um, I actually wrote about uh, uh, those two tight ends uh, just yesterday uh, to a contract, what it could look like, um, everything that Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer have tackled uh, this uh, this combine. Uh, just a very busy week. And then um, I'll get into some uh, prospect stuff too, maybe write something about uh, local prospects uh, here who have uh, mentioned uh, talking to the Dolphins and uh, what it would mean to play for the hometown. Uh, there's a lot of those, as there always is, because South Florida pr produces a lot of talent. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, try, try, trying to also get some of the prospect stuff in there, too, be uh, because that's going on at the Combine. But uh, we've all obviously tackled all, all the big uh, build-up to free agency headlines and uh, everything Chris and, uh, and Mike were talking about this week. All right. Follow him on Twitter at David Ferronis underscore and subscribe to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. David, as always, thank you, my brother. Have a fantastic weekend and safe travels. Thank you. You got it. There you go. The great David Ferronis. And, of course, Welt and Realm. Folks, come on, man. Let me tell you, I, I don't know if you know, but the new rules that DeSantis put together with the insurance companies and your home and all that kind of stuff, um, he gave the companies the advantage, not us. He put us at a disadvantage. And the key now is that you hire the best lawyer possible. If you hire a crappy lawyer, you are not going to be in a good position. So you want to get somebody that is going to get the most for you. Please call Welton Realm. I saw it firsthand. They attacked Progressive and freaking crushed them. And Progressive was not willing to pay what they were supposed to pay in order to fix our wall. And Welton Realm brought them to their knees and got them to pay. And they've done it for other listeners uh, here on our show. Several listeners, by the way, even one in Orlando. So call them. The consultation's free. So if something happened to you, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury, and you're not sure if you have a case, but if you don't ask, you'll never find out. And the consultation is free. 954 966 4646 called Jeff Welt right now. Jeff Welt and Daniel Rayon. They know how to get it done. They're in Hollywood and they service everywhere, man. So call them 954 966 4646. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Ferronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, let's see. What do we have here on the chat board? Oh. Uh, oh, uh, do, 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 do. Good to hear some speak the truth um, on Big Waddle going nowhere. Yeah, that, it's just that was just a stupid, stupid question, man. Uh, six million dollar man reference, always classic. Yes, sir. Brooklyn Rob, uh, dude 67, Randy Gonzalez. Hope everyone's having a blessed day. Just bought more Bitcoin. Good for you. 
Josh says, who was the guy who asked uh, so I can bash him? But he used Mike Tannenbaum to kind of offset it. Well, you know, Mike Tannenbaum used to work for you guys, used to work with you. He said, uh, you know, and that's how they used it. But it's really an embarrassing question to even ask because there's zero truth to it. You're so desperate to write something that you got to write that. Sad, bro. Sad. And, you know, the problem is, sorry, but I have to do this. Some fans, they're just, you know, because it's kind of like life. Some people out there, they're not very smart. And they fall for this kind of shit. And then they go talk to their friend like this is like a real subject or something. You know, people aren't very smart. You know, we got people walking around thinking that Putin isn't our enemy. People aren't very smart. There are tools sometimes. Big ass dummies. Uh, anyway, Cosa Nostra, two has shown more than Hertz, Murray, and Jones. No one was saying don't pay those guys. And two, you know, it, can I tell you something about the two thing that I laugh at? And it, it it shows again, people aren't very smart. Okay, people aren't very smart. Okay. Tua can't win playoff games. He's only been a one. He didn't have a playoff team the first two years under Flores, and plus with Flores and that offense, where were you going? Nowhere. It's a miracle you got to nine games with him, with, with Flores, considering what Tua was playing behind at times. Then the third year, he was injured. So he, one year. Meanwhile, Lamar Lamar Jackson's been going to playoffs for like six or seven years, and he can't he, he barely wins games. And when he does, it's you know a shitty team, a young team, like he did this year with Houston. You know, it's funny, it's hilarious. Uh, you you compare him to other guys that have been doing it for years. It's just one time, one time, one game. That's it. It's all he's had. He hasn't had four, five, seven trips to the playoffs. One. That's it. I, I, It's the dumbest thing in the world is to say Tua can't win playoff games. He's only been in the playoffs once. That's it. That's You can't measure anybody on one trip, one game. You can't say he can't win playoff games. Lamar Jackson can't win playoff games. He goes a lot and barely ever wins. That's a guy that can't win playoff games. Yes, sir. What do you Manny, got, Sean? Manny Navarro's in the waiting room. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I didn't have the screen up. My bad. Sorry, Manny. But anyway, that's that's the thing that's kind of ridiculous about it. Let's wait till he goes two or three more years, and if he doesn't win, now we have you know, a track record. But you sound incredibly stupid when you say he can't win playoff games. He's only been a one once, you idiot. Our number two is next. Manny Navarro starts it off with our Caneswear Miami Hurricanes report. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. All right, all right. Sorry about that, bro. I didn't have it. It's okay. 
on uh, with. <laughs> I have to have the, the the I have the iPad, but the iPad doesn't have the people on hold. It's the yeah. live with Streamyard, and I didn't have it. I had another page out there. My bad. It's Apologies. okay, dude. I, I thought maybe I thought maybe you had typed in. You meant to type in eleven thirty, and I was like, oh, maybe he's just. No, you know. no, no, no. That's, that's <laughs> my screw up. My screw up. I, I I always take responsibility. When I know I you do. Up. I know you do. No problem with that because I'm human, and I'm going yep. to screw up uh, as always. It's kind of like you know, not kneeling in a game. You know, you're going to screw <laughs> up. Shit happens. Shit happens. You know exactly. What I'm oh. So- <laughs> new on the hurricane front this week because we got practice coming up yeah we got practice starting on monday so we'll get a chance to start seeing cam ward in action uh i'm interested to see what shannon dawson does uh with him um you know one thing about cam ward is you know he was the leading rusher at washington state ran the ball 120 times more than anybody else on his team he threw the ball a ton you know washington state barely ran the ball you know that's going to be different with mario there's going to be a more of a balanced approach. So I'm interested to see, you know, what Cam says about this offense, what Shannon Dawson says about Cam and how he plans to utilize them, because that's going to be an integral part of, of obviously Miami's success this coming season. Uh, I think tight end, you know, we got to get that position sort of back involved. Let's see what yeah. happens with, with this guy, Elijah Royo, if he's finally healthy and really ready to go. And, and then, uh, you know, year three bro like they got to take a step up and and I, I looked at this the other day and i was stunned uh mario's first signing class when he got to miami in 2022 he signed 15 guys uh, not including transfers but 15 high school slash junior college guys four of those guys are already gone and only three of them have become sort of full-time starters so that's not a very good batting percentage three three for 15 right and and one of those three guys just left to go to georgia colby young uh the receiver so five of them really have left and you've only got two guys that are that are full-time starters in wesley basaint and Ines cooper your right guard so uh it's it's put up or shut up time for those guys going into year three so let's see what happens um but you know when you talk about progress of a program those are the big things i'm looking forward to on monday uh, injury wise, are they, do they have a long list, or or it's really well, like an unknown for you right now? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of an unknown because I've heard, you know, Francis Marino, the right tackle, had an offseason procedure done. Um, I know other guys that I, I haven't been able to confirm, but was told that they were, um, you know, having procedures done where it, they might miss part of spring and come back later in spring. You know, the, the one thing I will say I've learned from covering Mario and the way he runs his program. If you're an established guy, he wants you to have off-season surgery and not worry about the spring. He will he will take you back in the summer. Now, um, you know, will the, will some of those guys come back in camp? I don't know, and that's and that's why I haven't sort of reported some of the things I've heard involving other guys who, who might be out for the beginning. What are you hearing about the Canes in the combine? Well, listen, I mean, they've got uh, Le- Leonard Taylor. I saw some video of him running yesterday. Um, you know, a guy that was a Cam five-star Kitchens. recruit, huh? Cam Kitchens. Cam Kitchens is another one. James Williams. Uh, you know, they 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 ha- look. They have some talented underclassmen that are NFL have NFL type ability, NFL type bodies. I think Cam Kitchens is probably the one guy who's widely regarded as as one of the top players at his position, the safety position. I don't know if he's going to be a first round pick. He may be a a, a second rounder. That's um, yeah. yeah, 
but but I think he's the guy that you look at and you say he's probably got the most potential of that group. James Williams physically is a freak, but I think he's a, he's an outside linebacker. I don't think he's a safety. Yeah, uh, I and I think I don't have I don't think he has instincts. Right, is my that or maybe he just hasn't played it enough, or maybe he needs to kind of develop it. But it was there was always something like missing with him. Like you knew, like mm-hmm. the raw talent was there. Like. Holy shit! If you get this, this condor playing right. safe, because I mean he's long, bro. He's like you know he's like a big ass condor flying around all over the place. So you're like, if you can corral this thing and refine it, oh my god! But I think it's more what you were saying. Maybe he needs to play in a smaller space and see I, I, things I, in front of him at linebacker might be something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think if he's willing to do that and finally get over it, he, he really – I mean, his final year at Miami is when he finally started to play more in the box uh, in, in some situations. But if, if an NFL team can take him and really teach him what he needs to do in, the, in those situations and have him cover, you know, tight ends and running backs out of the backfield and, and, you know, get him to play at the potential that he has, then he could be a really, really good NFL player because he certainly has the size and the ability. But, again, it, it's the mentality, right, that separates guys – uh, once you get to the NFL, how smart are you? How how uh, how can you apply yourself to what they're asking you to do? And uh, you know, Leonard Taylor's another one that I think a tremendous amount of ability for him. It was always effort. Is he is he going hard? You know, all all forty snaps, or is he is he taking fifteen to twenty snaps off a game? Um, so it, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. They'll have some guys drafted. Oh, the, the, these guys are going to be on NFL rosters. And, and look, last year, uh, Tyreek Stevenson and, and DJ Ivy. Turned out to be pretty good, you know, fits for for their teams. Uh, so again, you know, it's it, the question from a Miami perspective is always: when is the head coach going to start to get more out of these guys than the right. NFL teams do? Um, I think we've had this. Con- I think I mentioned it to you before, but with Williams, you know, yep. uh, times unfortunately, dude, you have to go the way of Keith Trailer, mm-hmm. and Keith Trailer started as a safety, right? Moved and to linebacker, <laughs> and then he moved. <laughs> Defensive end, and he ended up at defensive tackle. Yeah, from safety, and that's because he already had a frame, right. and then a frame that could then grow and carry more and more weight. And obviously, he must have been big boned enough that he could carry even more and more weight. And I'm not saying Williams is going to end up at defensive tackle, but I, I I think you have read it perfectly. He will eventually end up at end, and maybe who I mean, uh, linebacker or a pass rushing end on a on a three four or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All those. Well, I've, been, kind of, I, I've been saying this since he was a junior in high school. I've been saying this since he was a junior in high school when I watched him play. I I, I thought, you know, and, and that was the problem. I think you know, coaches, college coaches have this dilemma now, where they want the talent on their roster, uh, and they don't want them to go elsewhere, right? And especially here at Miami, you have that pressure to keep the kids at home. Um, right. but then you never really get through to the kid. And tell him, hey, this is where you're where you're going to be best served playing. Right. And we we saw it with you know Devin Hester, right? He was such a tremendous talent. He comes to Miami, they could never really figure out a spot for him. Uh, uh, and so and I don't know, man. The opposite of that is Chicolo. That right. the kid they misused him. They put him mm-hmm. where he didn't belong, and they hurt his draft status. Also. Oh yeah. On top of all of that, so you know it goes both ways, and you can mm-hmm. understand. Comes the trepidation from the player, and then you can also understand 
you know, the, the, what the coach is also seeing. Cause he might be right. Cause there's a lot of guys, uh, that, you know, like, um, I believe, uh, war, was it Warren Sapp that came in as a tight end? Yep. It yep. was right. Tight yeah, end. He came in as a tight end. Hey, uh, we're going to move you over to defensive tackle. <laughs> oh, okay. Up in the hall of fame and a lot of money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's rock out. You well, know, that like, was, that was Jimmy's mantra, right? Turn safeties into linebackers, linebackers into edge rushers, and edge rushers into D tackles. Um, the um, the uh, pedophile protector. Um, yep. Send Paterno. Up, oh, uh, Paterno, Paterno. Yeah. He wanted he wanted Kelly, but he wanted Kelly to play linebacker. Yep. And Schnellenberger said, "No, no, Jim, you can come here and play quarterback for us. No, no, we get <laughs> right. it. You know, this is." It's a tale that's been going on forever. What a coach sees in you, what you see in yourself, and then, you know, two worlds collide, and then we don't know who wins, and we don't know who loses until after that we figure out, oh, fuck, they screwed up Chicolo. Wow, what a call on Warren Sapp. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of stuff that happens that, you know, those are those are other stories. To That's an article to be written, by the yeah. way. Yeah, it's good off-season story. Oh, you, you get, you're helping me with ideas now. Appreciate it. That's a that's a good one because I don't think a lot of people like, um, shit. What's his name? Oh my god, the Bears drafted him. He came out of South Carolina, a defensive end. Um, oh my god, he he, he was a. I'm sorry, he's a receiver that used Oops. to be a defensive end in South Carolina. The Bears drafted him as a wide receiver. He came into South Carolina as a defensive end, and they made wow. him a wide receiver. I'm, I'm brain farting in his name, but I remember the Bears. What, him, what decade like, is this? This is uh, maybe 12, 15 years ago. Okay. And uh, and big kid. Right. And and a lot of people never knew that he got recruited to South Carolina as a defensive end. It's going to hit us when we're off air, by the way. You know, that's that, when that, we're going to figure it out. Marty Booker. Thank you. Marty no, it Booker. Wasn't, no, it wasn't Marty Booker. It wasn't Marty Booker. Marty Booker didn't. No, no, no. It wasn't Marty Booker. It was. Um, damn it, bro. It was somebody else. Not Marty Booker. He went to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You have it there, Sean. Can you tell me? Because I we we didn't get him here. I, man, I forgot his damn name. But anyways, he the, the guy. You know, this is the kind of story that goes on all over the place throughout the history, and that's where you know sometimes it it, uh, it kind of gets interesting because sometimes you make a guy's career, and sometimes you can't. You know what I mean? Right. You end up you end up ruining it. Like um, uh, there's a name by a guy by the name of uh, Richard uh, Williamson. He is mm-hmm. the guitarist for Kansas. He's one of the founding members. He's still with the band. And when he was in high school, he badly wanted to play the trumpet. That's what he wanted to do. And when and, and the, his problem was he sucked at it. And so his music teacher says, uh, you don't have the lips for it. Let's give you a guitar. Mm-hmm. The, rest, the rest is history. <laughs> I became rich and famous and you know and everybody loves carry on my wayward son he came out with a lick that everybody loves so you know shit happens by accident at times he wanted to be 
a trumpet guy, and he ends up becoming a rock star rock guitarist. You know. Sam you know, Shields the, is another one I just thought of, by the way. There you go. There you go. What do you, what do you think give, it to, give it to me. Alshon Jeffrey. That's the guy. That's it. Alshon yep. Jeffrey. That's the guy. Alshon Jeffrey was recruited as a defensive end to South Carolina, and they and they made him a wide receiver. That That's an yep. odd one, bro. Defensive. Oh, Gregory right. Rousseau is another one, by the way. That's right. That's Gregory right. Rousseau was a was a receiver coming out of high school in Champagnat, and Manny Diaz said he's a defensive end. We're going to make him a defensive end, and that's what he was. Our boy from UM, the tackle, was a tight end. That was the NFL PA guy, the really smart guy. Well, linemen are usually smart. Yes. Uh, what's his name, boy, bro? Eric Winston. Eric Winston. was a t we, we got him as yeah. a tight end here, and they made him a left mm -hmm. tackle, and the rest is history. Eric yep. you know, yep. all the time, dude. Happens all the freaking time, good and bad, unfortunately. All right, what do you got going on now in the uh, athletics so folks can check you out? Well, I just can't, I just, uh, I'm driving back from Bradenton, you know, IMG Academy. Uh, I, I was there last night for their pro day, and, and you know, a big story in college football, obviously. Pickleball, pickleball pro day, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was pickleball pro day, brother. I wish I, I want, I was, I've been itching to play. I haven't played in 24 hours. Um, but, uh, no, it, they, they had their high school pro day. And, uh, by the way, there's, there is an eighth grader, this kid. I mean, he is five, nine, 170 pounds. He runs a four five and he's in the eighth grade. Oh, this is, this is an eighth grader, Eric, uh, McFarland. Uh, be a name to follow the next year. He's he's on the national team. He's going to be a freshman in high school this year, uh, this coming season in the fall. Uh, th that is a guy to watch. Twenty twenty eight. So you you talk about these young prospects, phenoms. This is this guy might be the next Tyreek Hill or who knows what. But um, but it's not it's not Booger's kid, right? No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> Booger's kid could not run that fast. I'm guessing, but uh, <laughs> he looks like Booger anyway. Um, but no, I, I wrote a, I wrote an article this morning on you know so much of college football now is the Big Two, right? The Power Two conferences, SEC, Big Ten. I, I talked to a lot of the recruits about that, like how much it's maybe affecting their thought process. The fact that you know the majority of the playoff spots, the majority of the money, uh, the whole power shift of college football. So you want to read about that? You want to read about some of IMG's best players uh, in the next two recruiting classes? There, you know, everybody in the country goes to that school to recruit. Uh, and, and Miami's actually in on a couple guys. Uh, a five-star uh, offensive tackle in the 2026 class, Kenye Pepe. He's 6'8", 298 pounds. Oh, this is an offensive tackle. He's 16 years old from California. Uh, Miami, I think, is in a very good standing with him. And then Gavin Nick, who is just diesel. I mean, he looks... He looks like... Uh, <laughs> it's like an NFL linebacker with his shoulders and muscles. Uh, there, I think the Hurricanes have a real good shot with him. So, you want to read that article? That's the latest stuff I posted uh, this morning. And follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. And of course, subscribe there to The Athletic. Manny, as always, thank you, my brother. Have a fantastic weekend. You too, brother. Take care. You got it. And of course, we were at Canesware yesterday, broadcasting, no, day before yesterday, broadcasting live. And you could go to canesware.com if you order over $99. You'll get free shipping, ladies and gentlemen. So check it out at caneswear.com. If you use our code BIG010, 
you will get 10% off. How about that? So you got an opportunity to get free shipping over $99. You got an opportunity to get 10% off when you use our code Big O10. Anything with the Canes logo, stuff with Dolphins, Inter-Miami, Heat, Panthers, you name it. They got it all there. Every team in town, they've got it. Go to Caneswear.com. Welcome, Welcome to Canesware. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Connor uh, proved to be one of the best centers in the league. I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, It's funny how you don't have that position. Then you get somebody that actually can do it, and then you want to move them out. I'm not sure that makes any sense, Dolphin 13. I'm not exactly sure. Like It's just like the anti-Tua people. Like, um, what, you, you had another quarterback the last 30 years that was in the MVP race the last two years? I don't know. Did they grow on trees or something? It's so it's just there's a level of unrealistic expectations from fans. And that's why you're fanatical, because you do not have any logic a lot of times. You know, if you have somebody that's productive, really productive at a position, why would you want to change him? Does it make any sense? You know? So uh let's see. Uh, during that year, I kept asking, does Tua have authority to call audibles? No, he doesn't have. Um, he has that, um, that check with me system is what he has. That's what he has. All right. Uh, let's, uh, get to our 3A graphics sports calendar. Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A graphics, custom printing and embroidery nuggets over the heat, 103 to 97, uh, Saturday, they will take on Utah, and that'll be at, what is it, uh, uh, Kaseya Center. That's right, 5 o'clock. Panthers, they got the win in a shootout in uh, last night against Montreal, 4-3. to three. They improved to 40-16-4. I mean, they are the best team in town by miles and miles and miles, and it's not even close. Not even close. They are the closest team to a championship right now, the Florida Panthers. Closer than even Inter-Miami is, because Inter-Miami with that defense, ooh, I don't know how they're going to win. I know they're missing a couple guys. But anyway, they are number one in the in the conference with 84 points tied with Boston. Saturday, they're at Detroit, 3 o'clock faceoff. Saturday at 4 o'clock, St. Leo University visits Nova Southeastern. And on Saturday at 4.30 at Chase Stadium, Inter-Miami is hosting Orlando City. That is your 3A Graphics sports calendar. Please call Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics Custom Printing and Embroidery for uniforms, you name it, uh, whatever it is you need, pens, magnets, hats, shirts, you, whatever it is that you need, man. Your fantasy league, your business, uniforms, whatever it is, call 3A Graphics sports calendar. They will get it done. Proud sponsors of our platform and we love them uh and call alan blanco make sure you ask for alan 
Don't forget, folks, you can also make a donation, Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. You can also make a Bitcoin donation on Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. That's Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. There we go. All right, all right, all right. Uh, what else? What else do we have? Just looking to see if there is anything new on social media. I don't see anything. Uh, I saw Charles Barkley. That Charles Barkley said he bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs three times and went 0 for 3 in the playoffs. And I got to let me. I don't know if some of you know about this or realize this, because just in case, if you ever get the opportunity, that's if you're smart enough and you can do it. Um, but athletes in general, because I'm going to generalize this, okay, suck at sports gambling. Horrible. They have zero objectivity. Not a little. Not some, they have none. They bet with their hearts. They rarely really follow the sports. Seriously, a former football player, once he leaves a sport, he really doesn't follow the sport, okay? Unless you're, you're, you're like Joe or something, or, or maybe even Channing. You know, that you're still in the business, you're talking about it, you're watching it, all that kind of stuff. Okay? That's a little different. All right? Although with Channing traveling so much, I don't know what the hell he's watching. Because he travels a lot, dude. He is a rock star. But, um, you know, you think about it. that Athletes, if you ever get a chance to make bets with athletes, do it. Do it. The worst gamblers in the world are athletes, current, former, whatever. Every time I bet with one of them, I smoke them every single time. I've never lost a bet with an athlete. Never. Never. I, I try to explain that to people. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, they know their sport while they're playing and they understand the nuances of it that we may not and all that kind of stuff. And they have more information than we do because they're on the inside and we're not. All those kind of things, they have an advantage. But when it comes to generality of trying to figure out everything else around them, other teams and the sport and all that, they're not very good. <laughs> not very good. So I I'm sure Charles Barkley has lost a ton of money. I mean, just by hearing him, you know, he says a lot of wacky stuff and obviously he'll say some things that he that others won't say. And so people will like to watch it. But when you watch his knowledge of it, you kind of figure he sucks at gambling. So when he went three times against Mahomes, you know, I'm like typical athlete. Typical athlete. Kind of like a fanatical fan. You know, there's no, there's all emotion and there is no objectivity whatsoever. You can't 
compartmentalize your emotions. Your emotions have to be a part of this decision. So my suggestion to all of you out there, not a financial advisor, of course, if you ever get a chance, you get friendly with an athlete and the athlete ever dares you to bet. And as long as you're confident and you know what you're doing and you know your sports, okay, you have a great chance of making easy money. Okay. All right. Easy money because in general, there's nothing dumber in sports betting than a current or former athlete. In general, listen to me, and I don't give a shit if any athlete's watching this or you want to show it to them or whatever you want. All right. They can meet me wherever I am in any live event and come on down. I'll, 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 I'll school every single one of them. Every single one of them. Okay. One of the dumbest betters that exists are athletes. So any chance you get to bet with it, now get the money ahead of time. Okay. Make sure somebody neutral is holding the money because you also can't trust them to pay. It's been also my experience too. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, you still owe me $1,000 there, Trace Armstrong. Anyway, so, you you know, these are things that you got to watch out with. I'm in an age nowadays that I don't care, bro. And plus, I don't need to kiss anybody's ass anymore. So, you know, um, but, you know, you school them and then and then they kind of then kind of like, mm, you know. The dumbest thing, by the way, an athlete could ever do is challenge a media member to, you know, a, a betting contest. Dumbest thing you can do. Because the media members, on average, going to know more than an athlete about the sport. They're going to know more about the X's and O's, but we're not gambling on that. We're gambling on who's going to win and what's actually going on. So I, I don't know if you guys realize that, but when I read that that uh, Charles Barkley story, I'm like, yo, bro, this I've been at this for 34. This is my 34th year. If there's something I've realized about athletes, they are the worst at gambling. They suck. Okay? It's like taking candy from a baby, betting with an athlete. Oh, my God. Talk about being dumb as bricks in sports gambling. Those are your athletes. Anyway, so there we go. Uh, Chad says, sorry I'm late. Hell of a morning. Hang in there, Chad. It's all there for you to watch at any time you want. Uh, let's see. What's the good news? When will the NFL and NBA make their own crypto coin? I don't know. I wouldn't bet against Pete Rose. Yeah, there you go. There's another guy. Another terrible better. Big O has literally been doing this all my life. Crazy. Yes, I have. Yeah, if you're younger than 34 years old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this longer than uh, your lifetime and your lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's you know how I've given you some pretty damn good crypto tips and lots of you have been making a lot of money, okay? I just gave you a... One of the more golden tips ever is athletes and sports betting. 
oh my God, you can school those fools every single time, pretty much. Okay? Pretty much every single time. Unless you're not very smart. If you're not very smart, then you shouldn't be gambling in the first place. You know? So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, by the way, there is something that the NFL is doing that I'm really happy about. And the competition committee is getting together and they are going to discuss banning the the hip drop tackle. And I got to tell you something. I I love this because the hip drop tackle is a disgrace. And it shouldn't be a part of, of football at all, just like the horse collar. And if you don't know, you guys know what the hip drop, where they like hang on him and drop their weight and, and then bring him down. Tyreek got injured on that. Uh, his ankle was probably never the same after that hip drop tackle. Here's my problem with all of this, okay? Because they're talking about Troy Vincent and the top executives in the competitions committee formulating language in a rule proposal that would define components of the hip drop technique that include a defender rotating his hips away from the ball carrier and dropping his weight on the opponent during the tackle. The committee, which will continue discussions during extensive meetings that begin next week here in Fort Lauderdale, by the way, is expected to have a formal proposal ready to present NFL owners meeting in Orlando in late March. Now, here's my problem, and there's a lot of injuries from this, so it cannot be avoided. Penalties are not enough anymore. If you horse collar or, or hip drop tackle someone, you need to be suspended, like right away. You need to be ejected from that game, and you need to be at least, listen to me, at least suspended for the next game. Now, if that player gets injured, for you making an illegal tackle at this point, this is one that is outlawed. It's not, it's not a penalty. No, 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 no. It's outlawed. It is not allowed, period. It is not allowed to the point that you need to be suspended. As I've said many times about NFL players, they point fingers all the time about being safe and that, you know, the NFL hid information from them with the concussions, and they did. Okay, but the same idiots that are complaining are the ones that are taking cheap shots at each other. Horse collar, hip drop tackle, hitting at the head, all those stupid things that they do. They go out of their way to try to injure each other. So it's pretty ignorant for you to complain about the league not protecting you when you're not willing to protect each other and just play the game the right way, the clean way. Brother, it's brutal enough as it is. Do you have to take a dirty shot? The hip drop tackle does not belong anywhere in the NFL. Nowhere. The horse collar belongs nowhere in the NFL. So eliminate them, but eliminate them. You know, it's kind of like I talk about gun laws at times. Like people talk, well, ban this gun. No, 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 dude. You need to have the laws that are really strong so you can scare the shit out of people. Oh, man, I got caught with, uh, with an illegal gun. Yeah, you're getting 15 years automatic no matter what. Trust me, gun laws will change. Trust me, gun laws will change. Oh, you committed a crime with a gun. Nobody got hurt. Yeah, it's 25 years. No, no questions asked. 
Oh, you killed somebody? Electric chair right away. You get one um, appeal. It's over. After that, juice them. Waste no time with these idiots. And trust me, crime will plummet. Same thing here. You 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 want you want you want these tackles to plummet? Suspend the shit out of these guys. No pay. And if you injure somebody and they're out for six weeks or they're out for a year, so are you without pay. Trust me, there'll never be another horse collar tackle again. There'll never be a hip drop tackle again because they know if there's a chance that they could lose their salary for an entire year, which might lead to them getting cut because they may not be as important a year later. Oh, baby. That'll, that'll put an end to all of that. But, you know, like society or sports, the penalties aren't serious enough for the violations. And that's what needs to happen. You take a dirty shot and you put out somebody for six weeks, you shouldn't be playing for six weeks. That's the way it should be. In fact, let's take it, let's up it. You took somebody out for six weeks, you're out for seven. Add another week just for the hell of it. You you want to deter people from doing things? Create penalties that will absolutely shock them. Penalties that you don't have now or laws that you don't have now. Pretty simple. But until we actually step up and really send the message, hey, man, if I take this guy out, yeah, I get a 15-yard penalty, but I don't get suspended, but that guy's out for the game. So it's all right if I take a dirty shot at Mahomes and they throw me out, but Mahomes is out too. So now my team has a better chance at winning. Now, if they expect that you might get suspended for many games or a year or something, you might not do that anymore. It might not be worth it. Nah, hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to lose my salary for a year. Got to increase the penalties, man. Uh, Let's see. I'm 44, and I remember the days of hammering Hank Goldberg. Softies today couldn't handle him. Yep. Uh, No doubt, Jordan Travis, okay. R.I.P. Hank, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Let's see. Jay Gelfin is reminding everybody, please smash that like button. Thank you, thank you, and hit the notification bell. Watch time is very important. Watch time is the most important thing. Uh, Let's see. They should have also gotten rid of the tush push. Let's, uh, I don't know why they haven't gotten rid of that. I can't believe you said I'm not logical. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, well, the, uh, yeah, you're the one that mentioned the center thing. Yeah, no, no, I'm not moving. Yeah, it's not logical. Not to, you cannot move Connor Williams. The guy's an excellent center. He's a top five center. Why would you move a top five center? Wynn was actually doing a good job at guard. He got injured. That's all. He wasn't doing a bad job, and Hunt's an excellent guard. I'm keeping Connor. Makes zero sense, my brother. Zero sense. Um, Let's see what else. Don't think they should ban the tush push because any team can't do it. Yeah, but it's the injuries that it could cause. That's the problem. You know, the way you do that, 
That's um, and you're getting low and all that kind of stuff and the collisions that are going on, you know. So I don't know. I, I it, it looks like a it creates a a disadvantage and at the same time it kind of looks like, you know. But I get it. They have a monopoly, and nobody else has been able to actually do it. And and uh, and copy it. So Jerry Jones has to take a paternity test. Did you guys see this? I was uh, tripping out with this one because I completely believe it. I completely believe the woman. Okay. Having seen Jerry Jones and his career and his life and really... I know what that is uh, when it's all said and done. I've seen this kind of person. And so anyway, Jones was sued last year by a woman who claimed to be his daughter. A paternity test will now determine if it's true. Dallas County Judge Sandra Jackson recently upheld a court decision ordering Jones to take the paternity test to determine if he's the father of a 27-year-old Alexandra Davis. Uh, Davis, a congressional aide who lives in Washington, D.C., filed a lawsuit against Jones in 22, which he claimed the Dallas Cowboys owner is her biological father. Davis said Jones paid her mother, Cynthia Davis Spencer, $375,096 to sign a confidentiality agreement that prohibited Davis from ever stating that Jones is, is Alexandria's biological father. Davis also sued Jones last year for defamation claiming that the 81-year-old and two others made deliberate attempts to call her out as an extortionist and a shakedown artist. The case was partially dismissed in October, but refiled in November. Davis's attorney, Chris Hayes, said in the latest court ruling that Alexandra is hoping to finally get some peace. Alex is in a position where she really no longer has to hide her truth or live under the thumb of fear. Maybe she's going to finally get some peace, and we hope other families while the same benefit from the judge following the law. Cynthia Davis was married at the time that Alexandra was conceived, but Alexandra said in a court document that genetic testing has proven that her mother's ex-husband is not her father. In her original lawsuit, Davis said she is not seeking money or fame, that she's made numerous attempts to address the matter privately. Jones has been married to his wife, Eugenia Lopez, since 63. They have three children together, all of who work for the Cowboys. That's why, you know, but I am a hundred percent sure he's the father. And I don't know shit about the case. I don't know. But I know Jerry Jones and I, I'm, I'm going to gamble that he he's banged many women behind his wife's back. That's what I'm going to gamble and say. OK, I'm going to say that he's been a dog of all dogs. All right. He'll make Charlie Sheen look like a like a calm child. All right. That's what I'm going to say about Jerry Jones. And she is made already. She's a congressional aide. She's obviously obviously set her life up. She's in a positive direction. She doesn't want money from the guy. She doesn't want any fame from the guy. She just wants closure. She just wants to know who's her father. Like a lot of people would, dude. I, I, I never grew up with that, but 
I got to imagine that anybody that doesn't know who their biological mother or father is and they'd like at least some closure to find that out, I think most people would. And when it's like this, when you're when you're innocent and when you feel like you're the the person that's, you know, not being treated right, you do you act exactly like her. Hey man, I'm not, I don't want money, I don't want fame. I want the truth. And then the other people are fighting you. They're in, trying to embarrass you because they have the money and the power. So I, I think when it's all said and done, I bet you that, you know, it all comes out. He is the father. I'm going to gamble on that one. Okay. If there's a, if there's a money line in Vegas on this, I'm taking, he's the father. Put it that way. Although something tells me that he's the father would be minus 1,970,000. So you're not going to win a lot of money betting on it. That he's not a father, it's probably plus 1,790,000. So you could get rich on $1, but you're not going to get rich because it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Connor Williams was playing at an elite level, and they said, it said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen. Stojanovic versus San Diego. Cost Marino another shot at the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's happened. Dolphin 13. Big O, I've been listening to you for 25 years. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. We still don't move Connor Williams. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would call Jerry Jones the modern day. There's no doubt the modern day plantation owner. No doubt about that. By the way, uh, Sean and others. Did I not warn. The fee and joining the corporate world there at ESPN. Did you see the latest? Did you see the latest there, Sean? So McAfee went all out again. He went on the All Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and explained his previous comments he made on his on his platform in January about Norby Williamson, the editor and head of event and studio productions, and that he was he was attempting to sabotage our program. He says, "I thought that was a warning shot to the guy." Um, I guess a lot of people have a lot of fear of him. I do not. That guy left me sitting in his office for 45 minutes. No showed me when I was supposed to have a meeting with him. He also banned all my friends from coming on my show. There was a ban of ESPN talent on my show on YouTube that came directly from him. McAfee's show became popular on YouTube, yada, yada, yada. And so McAfee said that he noticed tension within the company, that there was also friction uh, after Aaron Rodgers used his weekly program on the spot to blast Jimmy Kimmel, speculating that the comedian was among those who allegedly involved in the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. That became like a war almost from behind the scenes. Sports Center people and the people that have been at ESPN a long time uh, against, against us coming in and taking their jobs and all of this shit. And he said, I didn't see it like that. We were like pumped. We made it to the big leagues. Hey, I'm pumped. We're on the worldwide leader. That's how I viewed it. Immediately, it's like, this guy sucks. 
this guy's ruining ESPN. It's not coming from people outside ESPN. It's coming from people within ESPN. And I, I did not expect that at all. So I'm immediately like, okay, we're at war. If that's what we're going to do, we're at war. Yes and no, you're wrong there, Pat. I, I'm with you on all the other stuff, but the Aaron Rodgers stuff was completely irresponsible. That's it. Well, but Aaron Rodgers is completely irresponsible. He's constantly talking stupid things. But then again, there's a lot of you that are stupid that believe a lot of the stupid things he believes in. So, you know, we have a lot of conspiracy theory idiots out there. Uh, and then once you start learning about how shit is going on behind the scenes, things are being said to people, things are being leaked, the timing in which they're being leaked, it's like, oh, so they're trying to kill me. They're trying to make our show impossible to advertise with. They're trying to make sure people don't watch our show. As I started learning that, I'm like, all right, I don't know how this has gone in the past with other people, but this particular white trash kid from Pittsburgh, hey, Suits, this ain't, this is not how it's going to go. So McAfee said he didn't appreciate the media coverage from his initial comments directed towards Williamson and that he said calling out his boss, McAfee said he views himself as an equal to Williamson and reports to ESPN chairman Jimmy Pataro and CEO Bob Iger. Disney owns ESPN. I'm the executive producer of my show, McAfee said. I report directly to Jimmy and Bob. I'm not really viewing anybody like uh, like I saw everybody. Pat calls out his boss. I don't get shit. I don't get I don't get. I don't got a, an effing boss. Uh, we talked to Jimmy Pataro and Bob Iger. And who are we talking about? Because those are the people that could technically be described as my boss. McAfee expressed regret for how big his comments got, especially that Pataro and ESPN's head of content, Burke Magnus, were caught in the controversy. I did not expect the backlash afterwards. People were attacking Burke because it made him look sloppy because in, it's inside the building. People were attacking Jimmy because it looked sloppy. And that's something I did not think about. I was very apologetic about. I didn't mean to take down my allies, to make my allies look bad in the whole thing. I predicted it from the get-go that, you know, I get it, man. He went after the money. God bless him, bro. He's He, he does a great job. His show is excellent. He's a fun guy to listen to. He says what's on his mind, which I like a lot. Um, I just wish he would have stayed with um, FanDuel. You know, that's that, that's for people like him or myself. Um, that's where you want to be. You don't want to be tied to these corporations that are just vanilla and ass kick like most of the crap that's on espn i mean espn is so unwatchable most of the time it's pathetic how unwatchable it's become all these stupid talking head shows oh my god it's really amazing to me uh let's uh yes sir no i want to say i i agree with you to a point as far as I mean, he knows he made a mistake. I mean, that's given. But I think he wanted the freedom because of everything else that he does. I just think he put, he had too many um, pots in the kitchen. He's trying to do the ESPN uh, show. He's doing WWE. He's doing his own talk show. He's having a baby. He's, it, the balance wasn't there for him to do everything. And I think what he thought was, I go to ESPN. They take a lot of this off my plate as far as, you know, right. doing everything on his own, and then 
he didn't look at the other aspect of it of um, giving up a lot as well. The freedoms. Freedoms, you know, because you now work in that corporate world. And that corporate world is absolute bullshit, man. It's crap, that corporate world. Yeah, that's the problem, dude. That's the problem. Uh, let's see, before I get into a little dolphins, uh, a little music history. Uh, today, in 1994, Nirvana played their final concert when they appeared at the Terminal Eins in Munich, Germany. The 3,000-capacity venue was a small airport hangar during the show. The power went off. While waiting for it to come back, the band played an impromptu acoustic set that included a version of the Cars' My Best Friend's Girl. It's pretty cool. In 69, Jim Morrison was arrested in Miami on this date and charged with lewd and lascivious behavior in public by exposing his private parts and simulating masturbation and oral copulation. He was also charged with profanity, open profanity and public drunkenness. The charges stem from a wild concert the Doors performed at the night, performed that night at the Dinner Key Auditorium. Morrison was later found guilty of indecent exposure and profanity, but would go on to be pardoned for the incident in 2010. In 95, the 37th Annual Grammy Awards Soundgarden won two trophies for Best Hard Rock Performance and Best Metal Performance for Black Hole Sun and Spoonman, respect, respectfully. Meanwhile, Green Day took home the Grammy for the Best Alternative Music Performance for Dookie. In 82 on this date, Jimmy Page released his first solo album, the soundtrack to the Charles Bronson film, Death Wish Dos. In 68, Elton John's first single came out. It was called I've Been Loving You, and it didn't chart. In 97 on this date, Motley, a Motley Crue fan who claimed his hearing had been irreparably damaged after a show in New Jersey had a lawsuit thrown out of court. The judge told Clifford Goldberg, who had sat near the front of the stage, that he knew the risk he was taking. Exactly. Shayna. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Exactly. That's how it goes. You're going to blame the band because you went to a loud rock concert. You idiot. Why don't you put on some, you know, headsets? Some, uh, some what's that called? Uh, what's it called? Uh, earplugs. That's what you got to do. Speaking of music, by the way, um, the Eagles and Steely Dan tonight and tomorrow night at the Hard Rock Live in Hollywood. Friday and Saturday, Friday, the Beach Boys are at Plant City for the Florida Strawberry Festival. The Black Eyed Peas are at the Florida Strawberry Festival on Saturday. Steve Hackett, former Genesis, Friday tonight at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville. Bob Dylan, Friday and Saturday at the Broward Center at the All Wren Theater. Saturday, Steve Hackett is at the Ruth Eckerd Center in Clearwater. Saturday, the Beach Boys are in St. Augustine Amphitheater. And Saturday, ZZ Top is at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater in Key West. Okay? There you go. Let's go with birthdays today on March 1st. Justin Bieber is 29 years old. Kesha 
is 36 years old. Jason Ackles, actor, 45 years old. Uh, let's see. Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphin, is 29 years old. How many kids are calling him today to say happy birthday? I'm sorry. Um, Jamar Chase is 23 years old. Uh, Big E, wrestler. Do I get a thumbs up? 37 years old. He is legit. Okay. Booker T, wrestler, 58. Do I get a thumbs up there, Sean? Booker T, wrestler. I got a thumbs up. He's 58 years old. Harry Belafonte was born on this date in 27. We lost him in 2023 recently. Mark Paul Gossler, 49 years old. Ron Howard is 69 years old. It's a hell of a list today, by the way. Uh, let's see. These people just barely missed the uh, leap year. Uh, Don Lemon is 57 years old. And that, my friends, is birthdays today. Okay? You got your birthdays. How about one more thing in the music uh, industry that is absolutely amazing? So you two performed at the sphere in las vegas has they have performed i believe around 40 shows uh there and some of the stats and facts of the performance and the sphere and let me tell you something i did it three times i went to the sphere three times to see you two the experience was amazing uh it was they perfected the sound of a concert okay so size of the screen, 160,000 square feet. The Sphere's 16K resolution wraparound screen is the largest LED screen in the world, measuring 160,000 square feet. It's a daunting presence from the moment you set foot inside the venue, and you two certainly made the most of it with the state-of-the-art capabilities, curating otherworldly visual effects to accompany their performance. How long did it take to prepare? 18 months. The planning behind U2's massive Spear show took roughly 18 months. The band's longtime production designer, Willie Williams, worked with an array of other artists to create distinctive, engrossing videos that would captivate audiences on the venue's massive screen. A general theme for the production centered around climate change. Uh, and, and then, of course, the humanity's relationship with the natural world, knowing the dazzling visuals would garner the most attention, the band opted to keep things simple with their stage design. The stage was made in the shape of a record played based off of a Brian Eno art piece called Turntable. Total number of concerts, 40. The initial slate of concerts was a relatively small number. Only five performances were, conform was, were conform confirmed. Uh, when the residency first went on sale, tickets demand was so high, the band soon unveiled further shows, and they kicked off on September 29 of 2023 and was immediately met with rave reviews. After 25 gigs in 2023, U2 extended their run for another 15 dates, closing on March 2nd. Number of speakers, 1,886. The sound system in the sphere is already impressive. 1,586 permanently installed speakers strategically located throughout the venue. Still, 
YouTube decided to up the ante to steal a gambling term and added 300 more uh, mobile modules for a total of 1,886 speakers. Total number of tickets sold, 661,456. Virtually every YouTube Sphere show had been sold out with tickets regularly going for two or three times their face value on the open market. Total amount YouTube was paid, $170 million. $170 million. Okay? Now there's an asterisk. The asterisk on the number is due to limited transparency on the on the band's final payout. Reportedly, James Dolan, the head of MSG, paid the band $10 million for the residency. That number is in addition to the $4 million per show that the band reportedly earned from Live Nation. Simple math puts the total amount around $170 million, though the band obviously had to pay out plenty of their own staff and team contributors. Only you two and their accountants know exactly how much money the Rockers pocketed. Remember, merchandise. Okay? This idiot here has six shirts from those three trips at least and a hat so who else spent money you know what i'm saying well over 200 million number of different songs played 38 considering how perfectly timed and scheduled the visual elements are youtube's fear performances have to be there's very little flexibility within the show for changes still the band found ways to freshen up their set list during the run mixing in deeper cuts and occasional covers U2 performed 38 songs during their residency averaging 22 songs per performance the total number included one-off renditions like their performance of christmas uh, baby please come home on december 15th and the cover of the pogues a rainy night in soho was also dedicated to shane mcgowan Total revenue, $256 million. Every receipt has yet to be counted, but the estimates are staggering. When it's all said and done, U2 Stay at the Sphere was expected to pull in $256 million in revenue. The success is a windfall for both the band and the Sphere's parent company, which saw their stock jump 17.3% following the U2 residency launch. Numbers of opening acts, one. Throughout the entire residency, only one man has opened up for U2, Paul Lovejoy, a.k.a. Polly the PSN Man. The UK-born drummer, recording artist, and producer is best known for his work with the animated, rook, or animated group, rock group, uh, Gorillaz. So each night, Lovejoy gets things started with an electric DJ set welcoming the U2 audience. Number of Endangered Species, 26. U2's Encore is backed by an impressive array of visuals dubbed Nevada's Ark. The design was created by artist S. Devlin, focused on the state's 26 endangered species. And now it refreshed on me. So. But anyway, you kind of got the gist of it. There's a, a lot of uh, interesting stats from you two at the sphere and uh they raked it in dude they raked it in probably took in more money than 170 million with all the other stuff because they that has nothing to do with the pop-up store in the venetian you know 
So that's where that kind of doesn't, you know, fly. So they merchandising is probably not included. B. Marte, thank you for the love and the super chat. Hi, first time here. 94 playoff loss to the Chargers hurt the most, but don't think we would have beat San Francisco at home in the Super Bowl. No, neither do I. But, yes, I'm with you. It did hurt also. It did hurt. And B. Marte, thank you for the love and the super chat, sir. Remember, you can always make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And you can also make a Bitcoin donation on Cash App or Venmo. Uh, let's see. What's a good number for Tua? Don't worry about that silliness, man. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to worry about any of that crap, to be quite honest. That's... Uh, that makes zero sense to worry about that right now. They're going to pay him, and that's not really going to be a problem. But it's only a problem for those of you out there that, you know, you don't, you don't like the kid and you don't believe in him. That's where the problem lies for, for some of you, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's going to be rough for you to live with it. Some of you are going through a really rough time right now. Because you're hating to see Tua get a contract. So it's crushing you. It's hurting you. Hang in there. Bitcoin, by the way, holding strong at 61200 Should Spo start Jaquez? Well, he shouldn't be starting Tyler, that's for sure. This podcast replay is brought to you by Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, providing everything from plaques to laser and UV printing. They do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at orvietosawards.com. Orvieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding. There we go. We're back. Thank you for hanging in there. Appreciate you all, as always. Um, kind of felt a little weird there, so I kind of took a, a two-minute break there. Uh, if not, I would have just kept going, but I don't know what it was. It's kind of uh, odd. I don't know. <laughs> kind of weird. Maybe my body wasn't used to eating in the morning <laughs> last couple of weeks. Uh, anyway, um, you know, it's it's kind of funny how we have, and I get it, sensationalism sells. Um, it doesn't sell to be positive. It doesn't sell to look at things, you know, and, and this is coming from a guy that pretty much I never looked at once that stuff is positive or Cam Cameron or Joe Philbin or Adam Gase or Brian Flores. I might've had some moments, but I quickly, it quickly went awry for me for all those coaches, right? Some of them like Joe Philbin, and Dave once said, I really didn't believe in them. Although, Dave, I will say, I, I really pulled for Dave because he's a good dude, a really good dude. I told him once. For, I told him right to his face once. I said, Coach, I actually pulled for you because you're a good dude, man. I want you to win, but I'm sorry. The results aren't there, you know? So, anyway, um, and I, I really think everything is the opposite of what a lot of people but again negativity sells and it's what you people eat up on average you people love negativity you feed off of it 
you want to watch people or listen to people that you hate or whatever. It's just a, it's like a weird dynamic in society. And I, you know, people thought and still think some that, oh my God, it's salary cap hell for the Dolphins. And no, it's not. Right. And now I think people are seeing that there really isn't salary cap hell. Right. Overall, it's going to get done. And you got like, again, let's create the negativity of giving to a contract instead of maybe looking at it like, well, wait a minute, wasn't he in the MVP conversation the last two years, you know, and other quarterbacks have accomplished less and they're getting big money too. So what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? And so you got all that negativity, right? And then comes out, as I told you, I think you got a great front office. I think they'll find the talent they'll have to they have to find whether they got a trade, where they got a draft, undrafted, free agents, whatever it is. As they've done the last couple of years, they'll put a team together that a coach can definitely win with, like they did last year. So I don't think the caps a problem this year. I don't think the Tua contracts a problem this year. I don't think the front office is a problem this year. And then, as I told you, it's all there for you. And then the other stuff on the periphery is there. You got the number one spot from the NFLPA in facility and how you treat the players and the families and all that. Number one. That's awesome, right? And I talked about this a couple of days ago. I said it's awesome, but it's just a log in the fire. Because the fire only means something if you start winning. Because that's really, because look at Kansas City, they're the worst, and they've won three titles in the last five years. Because in the end, it's about Mahomes, it's about the players, it's about the coaches. You know, the facilities may suck. As I told you yesterday, for those of you that weren't listening, I'm going to put you in the Orange Bowl in the 80s to watch Marino and company. And then I'm going to put you at Hard Rock Stadium, the better facility, much more comfortable. But you get to watch the Dolphins two, three years ago. Which one do you want? Do you want to sit in the better facility and watch the shitty team? Or do you want to go sit in the 80s in the shitty facility and watch the great team? See what I'm saying? Facilities overrated. All that other stuff. It's nice to have, but you kind of need it with winning. Well, guess what happened also now for the Miami Dolphins? So you've got, I believe, no cap issues. You're more than manageable. I believe you'll get the contract done. I believe you got the front office to get it done. Right? Now you've been graded in the offseason as the number one franchise on how you treat your players and, and families and all that good stuff, right? Well, now they also, the NFLPA, graded the coaches. And Rams head coach Sean McVay was the league's best coach. He had the best winning percentage among active coaches and has been in the forefront of offensive play design since coming into the league. Now he can add high remarks from NFL players to his trophy shelf, which includes the Lombardi. The NFL players report card gave McVay an A for his efforts in 2023. This is the first year that the PA has included head coaches in their franchise evaluations. Feedback included 96% of the players feel Sean McVay is efficient with their time. And players feel that McVeigh is willing to listen in the locker room, eighth overall. McVeigh's grade was one of the few bright spots for the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams placed 20th overall 
The Rams ranked in the bottom of the 10 teams in the league, seven of the last 11 in criteria, although they ranked in the top 10 in strength coaches and team travel. And according to the NFLPA website, the survey was administered on August 25th through November 16, 2023. A total of 1,706 players completed the survey. Answers were collected anonymously, and players evaluated the current workplace. McVeigh was graded as the fourth best among coaches. He and other coaches received an A. The coaches are receiving an A, Sean McDermott, Zach Taylor, Mike McCarthy, Nick Sirianni, Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll, and Mike McDaniel. The coaches giving an A- minus are Andy Reid, Kevin O'Connell, and Dan Campbell. So McDaniel getting an A+. Plus, the facilities and the franchise getting an A++ plus plus because they're number one. The Tua contract will get done. You've got three minds in the front office that are badasses, and all three should be G their own GMs, okay? The cap is not the problem that you think. You have every ingredient to be successful next year. It's really all up to Mike McDaniel to put this thing together because he's the one that kind of is helping and hurting because he's got a lot of growing up to do. Okay? A lot of growing up to do, and I hope he does it because I'm a fan and I want him to succeed. I'm tired of watching coaches fail here, and I'm tired of watching coaches get fired and changing. And, I, and I'm not saying that I'm a fan of his because I don't want him to change just for the sake, of, the sake of not changing. No, 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 no. I truly believe Mike McDaniel has more potential to be a good head coach than anybody we've had here since, since Don Shula. I truly believe that. But he has to get to that area where he's really understanding everything that he has to do. And maybe he has to bring more people in, like a game strategist, like Sean McVay is doing. That would be good. Maybe he is bringing one in, and we he, he hasn't told us. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a possibility. You never know. But I like all of this, and I get it. It doesn't sell to be positive, dude. And I am not the guy that is, you know, Mr. Homer all the time. If you've been watching me for 10, 20, 30 years, listening to me, whatever it is, obviously you haven't been watching for 10 years, only – three max coming up four now. Right. Um, but whatever, if you've been following, you know, that I, I hammered the dolphins constantly. I really feel the right football people are in place. Just got to figure it out now. Just got to figure it out. And I want to keep reminding you that all the ingredients are there to succeed. All of them. Okay. It's just negativity sells. You know what I mean? But I don't do it just to be negative. I'm going to be negative about something when it deserves to be negative. I don't need to create it to create clicks. I don't, I don't do that kind of shit. It doesn't matter to me. I don't need it. You know? Uh, let's see. Alf is in the house. The real challenge will be the O-line. Tua needs his left guard, center, right guard sorted out. Greer has a ton of work to do there. Yeah. And I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it. And I think they understand that. 
So they they get that, especially McDaniel. They get that. I think those. I think that's the area they'll attack first. Af is that offensive line. I uh, I kind of uh, truly believe that they'll they'll be able to get it done. Uh, let's see. Specifically, Goldilocks Herbert got his extension without doing crap, uh, as most of the time he chokes, and the haters don't want Tua to get one, and he's done much more than Herbert, the choker. And he beats Herbert, by the way. He's 2-1 and one against Herbert. Big O, did you drop any acid at that U2 experience? No, man. No, sir. No acid. No alcohol. No, 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 no. No, 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 I don't smoke anymore. I'm tired of awaking on the floor. No, 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 please, it only makes me sneeze. All right, uh, let's see. Well, we believe it when we see it. No more excuses. Exactly, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mr. Francis, the name is Francis. If any of yous call me psycho, I'll kill you. Uh, Big O, my organization conducts these new 360 reviews, top to bottom, and it definitely makes me for better business culture. The Heat will score high also. All right. All right. McDaniels needs to vape on the sidelines for good. He actually should really vape. Uh, Ocala Joe, good afternoon, Big O and wife. And I are headed to Sin City, Vegas for some fun. If you give me a favorite number, I'll put it on red or black for you and split the winnings. My favorite number is cuatro. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Okay. So there you go. All kinds of musical references throughout the show, right? There and a stripes reference. Stripes reference, a six million dollar the man reference, some musical references. It's got, you know, these are things you have to pick up on on the show. I want to see throwbacks at the Super Bowl podium. Yeah, you won't see that, that's for sure. The, the old man won't allow that. Uh, big O, RIP X Steeler, Andy Russell. Okay. RIP Andy Russell. I did not know that. That sucks. Caitlin Clark's going to enter the WNBA draft. She's going to forego that fifth season, you know, because the pandemic stuff, they gave uh, everybody an extra. You, you think she's ready for the WNBA? <laughs> oh, God. That's going to be fun watching her, man. She can, man, she can shoot, dude. She can shoot from anywhere, man. Uh, when I saw the Ines Anesco, whatever, right? Uh, I forgot how it's pronounced. Uh, against Steph Curry in the three-point contest, I'm like, yeah, she's awesome, but I'd rather see Caitlin Clark. I think she's better. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. What else do we have going on? Any breaking news going on outside of it? Uh, let me see. Let me see what we got. Where Where is Bitcoin at right now? 
Oh, about to hit 62,000, 61,915. So it was hanging around 61,239 at 11, at 11 a.m. And in the last 90 minutes, it went up to 61,915. So it's looking to make a move. Yeah, I know we're going to make a push for 65, 67 very soon. Got to make a move and make it soon. That's what, that's what you got to do. At least that's what DMX said. Let's see. <laughs> Some of you guys are trip. Uh, oh, would a tool residency be at the Sphere? Why not? They have a great fan base that is super dedicated. I could see them doing one. You know, that would be pretty cool to see Tool there. Tool in that environment would be really, really cool. Fish is going to be I, I, like, I'm not this big fish fan, but fish in that environment with their fan base, that's going to rock out too. You know, I mean, the big acts are going to go there. Can you imagine if Swift or Beyonce go there? Holy shit. They'll be able to schedule so many shows. It'll be ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'm glad I got to see you two there. I, I, I hope I get to see another one of the bands that I really, really love. I'd love to see Metallica at the Sphere. I think Metallica at the Sphere would be wicked. <laughs> you know, it would be freaking awesome to see Metallica at the Sphere. Their music with that sound system Oh, my God, that would be fantastic. You know, it's got to be somebody that still sounds good, too, at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, fish will be a fun time, bro. Roll a fatty and enjoy yourselves. Uh, Big O Music Trivia. Elton John once auditioned as a singer for of the band King Crimson, but lost out to Greg Lake. Okay. That's pretty cool. Nothing wrong with Greg Lake, okay? Uh, Bitcoin will run until mid-April. Having is a cycle. Pumping right on schedule. I'm not a financial advisor. Fins up. Uh, Bitcoin's going to be pumping into next year, my brother. Okay? Uh, it'll be pumping into next year. Uh, as I told everybody, your, your, um, your exit strategy should be somewhere in the first quarter. For me, not a financial advisor. First quarter of 2025. I see the Black Moods put out some uh, tour dates, but none here in South, not here in Florida. That sucks. I like the Black Moods. They're a good band. A little under-the-radar band that most people don't know about. Angus Young and the Boys. Yeah, I, I could, yeah. Um, Brian Johnson in that building. That, that could be a fun one. That could be a fun one. Yeah. The pumps that, that are coming from Bitcoin are going to be absolutely ridiculous. By the way, later on, probably early evening, uh, you'll be able to catch. You can catch it later, by the way, at any time. But it'll be on Twitter, on Twitch, or our Facebook page, Orlando Alzigari Facebook page. Uh, that's where the new Crypto Bro Show will be. Okay. 
And so I will record that later on this afternoon or early evening. Uh, we'll go live at one point or another. So make sure you hit the notification bell. And that way you know when we're going to be on. And follow me on Twitter at Big O Show or on Twitch. I think on Twitch it's Big O Radio Show. And uh, and then on, on Facebook, it's the Orlando Alzigari page. Okay. Alf says, I paid ridiculous prices to see Metallica at Hard Rock Stadium in 17, and it was worth every penny. The They play the sphere, I get on a plane. Yeah, of course. I mean, in that place. And Alf, when you go to the sphere, just be prepared for this. Just uh, as anybody that, whenever you go to the sphere, be prepared for this. Okay? Be prepared to be spoiled on the sound of a concert because you will never ever hear that sound in any other building anywhere in the world. I'll go out on a limb that no other building in the world sounds like that. Not even close. It will spoil you. You're like, wow. I mean, it is so crisp and clean. There is nothing zero feedback zero static zero i mean clean that's the part that alf will blow you away so whoever you love to watch we're all different okay whoever your favorite band is if they happen to go to the sphere and you are blessed to be able to fly out to go buy a pair of tickets and go enjoy it I encourage, I implore you to go. There's no experience like this fear. None does not exist. And take, uh, brother, I've been to well over 11, 1200 concerts easily in my lifetime. I've never been to a place like that. So that's what I would tell you off that that's not only do you obviously love Metallica, but to watch them in that building, it'll be the greatest Metallica show you'll ever see because the sound will be so crisp and so clean, bro. Really is. And then you throw in the effects and that whole screen. It's crazy, dude. Oh, who would you want to see in their prime? Hendrix, Beatles, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, ACDC, Van Halen. I already saw Van Halen in their prime. I saw ACDC. Well, is Brian Johnson in their prime and black back in black or for those about to rock that's prime ACDC, right? Flick of the switch is prime ACDC with Brian Johnson. Or are you talking Angus young? See, Angus young is my favorite one of the two, but the more successful ACDC was the Brian Johnson one. So I saw ACDC in their prime. I saw Van Halen in their prime. I saw, Pink Floyd uh, back in the early 80s. Um, so it would be down to Hendrix, Beatles, or Zeppelin. That's freaking impossible, dude. Because Hendrix is, you know, for me, the GOAT. Um, Jesus Christ. Wow. I probably have to lean to Led Zeppelin because I'm going to get the vocalist. I am going to get 
the second best guitarist out of the three because Hendrix is number one. I'm going to get the best drummer out of the group. Uh, I'm going to get the best bassist out of the group. So I'm going to be treated to better musicians overall in Led Zeppelin than I am in Pink Floyd and Hendrix. Hendrix had a good band, an underrated band, actually. But Led Zeppelin, you know, you could like argue that every one of their people belong. I mean, Freddie's Freddie, right? But you're going to put Plant like right behind him in that group. You know what I mean? Freddie's like all alone. I don't, you know, some people try to make an argument. It's silly to even argue about Freddie. It really, it's the silliest argument in the world. Nobody will ever touch Freddie Mercury. Okay. At least, at least so far in my lifetime, nobody comes close to, Eddie, to, to, to him at all. Nobody. Okay. Plants in that next group. You know what I'm saying? John Paul Jones is right up there with everybody else. Bottom is with everybody else. Jimmy Page is with everybody else. Because you could say Hendrix is the better guitarist, and you could say Alex Van, I mean, Eddie Van Halen is the better guitarist. But then you also have to talk about the musician, the writing of the music, and, you know, <laughs> Jimmy Page cannot be argued with. The, the music he wrote is just amazing, just like Eddie, just like Hendrix, you know? So it's like one of those. So I'm going to go Zeppelin because overall, I think I'm getting the best band out of it. Okay. So, I mean, it's hard, man, hard for me to go at this, but yeah, I'll have to lean Zeppelin, bro. It kills me not to go see Hendrix. Annihilates me to not see Hendrix because I freaking love Jimi Hendrix. I have, he is, he is the artist that I have the most admiration for in the history of music because he was so ahead of everybody else. Like he was, when we talk about a visionary, he wasn't just maybe the greatest guitarist of all time. His vision on how to play the guitar was so ahead of everybody else. That's why I think, you know, Jimmy is just, wow. He's just at another level. You know what I'm saying? I never argue with anybody that wants to tell me Eddie because I love Eddie Van Halen to death. So if you want to say Eddie's the best, I, I have no problem with that. You know, there's it's a subjective type of thing, the way we look at it, you know, because Eddie also added his own flavor that he brought to, to, to playing guitar also. He influenced a shitload of people also. Uh, let's see. I'm late, but I'm here spending my 45th birthday birthday listening to my favorite sports financial guy. Thank you, my brother. Happy birthday, Joseph. Happy 45, my man. Good for you. Big O, you said the Chiefs graded high for strength and conditioning. No, no, I, I think they graded shitty on everything, by the way. Uh, Miami graded number one on everything, bro. But again, listen to what I talked about two days ago. It's all there. Big O out here in the Gulf of Mexico. Still smash that like button. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, Captain Saki. Joseph, I like Aerosmith. There you go. I've seen Aerosmith several times. Uh, Steven Tyler had to take a break because his voice was uh, shot. Big O, on this day in 94, Nirvana played their final ever. Yeah, I, I talked about that. I talked about that. 
Uh, too bad Plant turned out to be such a gonad. He, I know he's such an idiot nowadays. What a jag off he is nowadays. Better than Red Rocks? Yes. Yes. It's different. It's different. I'm talking about the perfection of sound. Literally. You, you, I, I've never seen it. I've never heard this. I've never witnessed it. I mean, Red Rocks is Red Rocks uh, is awesome, but it's still an open uh, open air venue. So this is so controlled acoustically. It is so perfect. I'm telling you, you, you got to go witness it yourself. Go to Red Rocks if you want, if you've never been there, and and go to the Sphere and then tell me. Just tell me. Any of you that go to the Sphere, then come back and tell me what what you experienced. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. I did it three times. And I've been to a shitload of concerts. And I've been to Red Rocks a couple of times. Been to Red Rocks three times. Uh, oh, what's the greatest guitar solo played in rock music? Well, no, that that'll that probably has to go with the eruption, right? You know? You got to go with eruption. That's probably the most famous guitar solo song that people love. And they identify right away um d wolverines thank you for the love in the super chat very nice of you big o if you have a thousand to two thousand how would you split it upwards bitcoining purchases which ones would you recommend to put in since bitcoin is so expensive 40 percent bitcoin 30 percent ethereum 10 percent let me let me see what i would put it in right now Okay, I'm I'm going to give you what's going to make you money and what's going to be a little bit more steady. Not a financial advisor by any stretch, but here's what I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm going to, um, let's see, Chainlink, ten percent on Chainlink. Give me 10% on Polygon. Oh, let me see right now. Let me see where it's at. Let me refresh here because there was a nice buy here. It's gone up a little bit. Okay, Neutron's still pretty good at 151, not at its lower lows that we had before, but I believe Neutron's going to be a monster. So 10% on Neutron. That's what I would do. 40, 30, 10, 10, and 10. Every time you have the pie. I'm not stopping in Bitcoin. I'm not stopping buying Bitcoin. So when it hits 120,000, how did it look when you bet it, when you put it in at 60? When it hits 200,000, how did it look when you put it in at 60? When it hits, ha when it hits half a million, how's it going to look when you put it in at 60? Remember one thing. Altcoins will pump and pump good, and you'll make good money on some of them. There's no doubt about it. You'll make more money than you would on Bitcoin on some of them and Ethereum. I get it. But then there will be a crash, and they'll come back down. Bitcoin will perpetually go up. Okay? The crash that we saw before the 16th, those days are done. Institutional money's in. These people don't sell. Retail is the one that sells. You and me, 
hardworking stiffs that need to get rid of the money because we made it and we are in bills and all that. Let's go. Let's pay some bills. You know, that's us. The people that are coming in now are rich people, are people with money. They're not selling. They don't sell their Amazon stock and they don't sell their NVIDIA and they're not selling their Microsoft and they're not selling Tesla. And no, 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 no. They add on dips. So that's what's going on. So I would recommend always grab the pie, 40% Bitcoin, 30% Ethereum, 10, 10, and 10. And then those 10, 10, and 10 rotated. The next three, like the, this time you had a pie of $100 or $500 or $1,000 or $2,000. Then the next time you have another pie, 40 Bitcoin, 30% Ethereum. And then I'm going to put 10% in ADA, 10% in Cosmos, 10% in VeChain. And then the next time around, 40 in Bitcoin, 30% in Ethereum. And then I'll put 10% in Gala, 10% in Immutable X, 10% in Solana, you know, stuff like that. 10% into Ando, 10% into, um, let's see, let me give you a couple of other ones that I would put 10% in. You can put 10% into Jasmine. It still hasn't reached its peak or anything like that. I love Star Atlas. Again, not a financial advisor. 10% in that. Um, let's see. Ten percent into Tectum. I gave it to you guys at 20. It's at $34 right now. Uh, 10% into, uh, Alephium, A-L-E-P-H-I-U-M. I think it's A-L-E-P, if I'm correct. I gave you guys Alephium at $1.08 and Alephium's at $3.38. 10% in Hive Mapper. I think the acronym is Honey. Uh, we gave you, uh, Honey on January 2nd at 14 cents, it's at 18 cents. And this thing is going to explode in my eyes. I'm not a financial advisor, but I think Hive Mapper and Alphium is one that you already are making, you know, you've three times, you've, you've two X'd your money already. If you took my advice on January 2nd, uh, Axelar, I gave it to you guys at like 99 cents or a dollar. It's $2 right now. Uh, what can I tell you, man? You know, Where's Ando at? I, I, I gave you guys Ando at 24 cents. It's at 51. I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch. I gave you Ando at 24 cents. There was a dip at 22. I bought the dip at 22. It's up to 51 cents right now. It's up 28.3%. I've been telling you about Ando for a while now. I told you Ando's going to be a monster. The, the people behind it, you know. So that's what I would do. Rotate the 10s, but keep the 40 and the 30. Keep it with Bitcoin. Keep it with Ethereum. I think Ethereum's going to go to seven to 10,000 in this run. Uh, I think Bitcoin is going to run. I, I know for sure it'll be over 100,000 by the end of the year. I think it might be even approaching maybe 200,000. So, you know, 
Um, again, I'm not a financial advisor. I'll just keep repeating that over and over again. You do your own homework. But this is how I would do it for all of you out there because you don't really study hard of this. So make it a little easier for you and a little safer because you can't lose with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay? You just can't. It's impossible, I think. That's the kind of the way I look at it. Uh, let's see. Sealer has not been the better player. Come on, man. Wilkins and Sealer. Um, not throughout last year, Sealer was the better player, Krillian. Go look at the stats. You'll see it. Uh, Alf says Clark Hunt promised the players he would upgrade the practice facility, and a year later he did indeed spend over $100 million on new six-bedroom, three-story home in Arrowhead for himself. Yeah? <laughs> Get the players and win, bro. Like I said, Alf, you want to be in the Orange Bowl watching the Hurricanes and the Dolphins play with urine falling on you from the second floor? Or would you rather be at Hard Rock Stadium, Pro, Pro Player Stadium, Landshark watching the shitty Dolphins and the shitty Hurricanes? You see what I'm saying? The, fa the facility stuff, I talked about it yesterday, it's so overrated. Because even as a fan, you're like, yeah, no, yeah, I don't mind the Orange Bowl. I know it was shitty. I know I may get blocked. But they were badass teams over there. So I, I, I'll go look at Marino sling the ball around and Bob Greasy and, you know, win a lot. And I'll go watch the Hurricanes kick some people's asses. And whatever happens at the Orange Bowl, I'll live with it, bro. I'll live with it. If I got to wait a half hour to go to the bathroom, so be it. See what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so funny, that facility stuff. Oh, man. Ocala Joe says, shit, my bad. My bad luck. I'm going to the Sphere, and they don't have any concerts on the schedule. Wow. You know, you should take the tour just for the hell of it. Current recommended exposure, 5% of your portfolio, big boys, which is a lot of money. Same percentage central banks will be holding in the future. Yeah, and those central banks, huh, Lofi? They're really smart, aren't they? Huh? Yeah, let's listen to central banks. They really know how to manage our money. Or do they know how to steal our money? So we're going to keep listening to thieves? Next thing you'll tell me is I got to listen to Elizabeth Warren. That clueless bitch. Oh, let's see. Uh, you're a financial advisor, LOL. A good one, actually, with a great track record. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Oh, who should we get in the first round at 21? Michael, do you listen to the show? Do you listen to the show? That's not talked about until free agency is done, my brother. Okay? We do things. We, we don't play hypothetical games here. So let's get through free agency first. Let's find out who's released, who's available, and all that. Let's talk about free agency first. And then when we fill needs with free agency and we talk about the free agents available, you know, what's really happening, then we can turn the page, as Bob Seeger would say, and then say, now we can focus on the draft because we filled this spot, that spot, that spot. So now maybe they might go for this spot, that spot, or that spot in the draft. So let's do things in an organizational way. Let's do things with logic instead of silly fanaticism silly media sensationalism you know what i mean let's avoid 
all that garbage. Okay? That's kind of what we do on this show. We avoid the garbage. I got a lot of other things to talk about than waste my time on stuff that never really is going to happen. You know? Because plenty wrote articles and talked about Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook in their, in their, in their shows. And they spent hours talking about them. How'd that work out for them? You know what I'm saying? So let's let's talk about things in order and let's talk about them with logic. Let's not talk about Jalen Waddle getting traded. That's for stupid people and lazy media. Okay? All right? Lazy media that doesn't have enough creativity, so they need to use that as a crutch. Fill space. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Steve Perry's right up there also with Freddie Mercury. No, 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 and no. No, not even close. Not even close. Steve Perry's a great voice. Don't get me wrong. I think you don't realize the the versatility of Freddie's voice that really Steve Perry didn't have. Steve Perry has a great voice, but it's the same voice all the time. I think you need to listen to Freddie. You know, Freddie sang, sung opera. He He's standing next to Pavarotti. No, 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 please. Let's, I love Steve Perry to death, my brother. Okay. There's a lot of singers that I love to death. I love Rob Halford to death. I think Rob Halford has one of the greatest voices I have ever heard in my life. And by the way, he also sung a little opera too. Okay. There is a lot of great voices. Freddie's like a whole different level than everyone else. I, I don't think you really have paid attention to the voices and the inflections and the difference and how Freddie can run the gamut a lot more than, than Steve Perry. So no, no, no. Put it this way. When they needed a different voice in Journey, they would use the drummer. Okay? You understand? When you have Freddie, it's over. What, what do you want? Popish? You want rockish? You want countryish? You want, you know, folky? What, what, what do you want? You want opera? I can do it all. Whatever you want. No, 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 no. No, 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 dude. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's humorous. Thank you. But no, no, no. Not even close. Not even close. Okay? Not even close. I'm trying to think of, like, I'm trying to think of somebody that maybe not even in rock that I could, like, say... Like, I'd rather put him over Steve Perry and closer to Freddie because he has more range in his voice. I'm trying to think of that person. You know, um, there's a little bit of, of me that wants to say Tom Jones because he was so freakish. Um, trying to think of somebody maybe in the pop world or something that had a voice that had range like Freddie. It's, it's just, there's nobody like that guy. I'm trying to really think. 
of it. Prince, pretty good. Still not Freddie, because there's a lot of falsetto, mostly in Prince. And then he has that other deep voice that he kind of sings with. But he, he no, no, he doesn't have the range of Freddie. It's a good one, but it's still, he's competing with Steve. He's not competing with Freddie. Um, man, man, it's hard. It, it really is. Michael also did not have the same range as Freddie. Michael kind of had the same style, that high-pitched voice, but he kind of sung in that high-pitched voice most of the time. You know what I mean? Um, no, no, no. It, it's Dennis DeYoung. Dennis DeYoung is one of those guys that had some incredible range. There's one, again, not Freddie, but that's one that I could say with Steve Perry because there was range there, high and low range that was deep, you know? Uh, what? I, in fact, I think he's one of those singers that people don't even talk enough about, Dennis DeYoung, on how good that guy was. I saw him once hold a note from one end of the Hollywood Sportatorium stage to the other, just slowly, just slow walking it, just hold a note, walking all the way across. I'm like, mother effer. Wow. Like, it was just sick. So I would say Dennis DeYoung is, is one of those guys that, you know, now that I, I think about it, Dolores O'Riordan was great. I love her. Whitney. See, but that's now you're going to female. Then we when we start with Whitney, we start going Whitney and Barbara Streisand, and you know that's a whole other conversation. I'm talking about male. You know what I'm saying? You know, on female side, you're you know Whitney and and Barbara and those kind of people and Wilson. Uh, the, these kind of people are freaks. You know what I'm saying? Women, I can actually think of a few of them that are amazing. You know, but on the male side, oh my God, to compare to Freddie. My Mariah used to have good range. That's a very good call, Troy. She obviously she's older now. She lost some juice. You know what I mean? She's not the same, but my God, Mariah was a monster. Great call by you, Troy. You know? Graham Nash, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put him at that level, but yeah. Lou Graham, distinctive. A different kind of voice. One of the greatest voices I've ever heard in my life. Not Freddie again. But my God, what a great voice because nobody had that voice. Nobody will ever have that voice. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of Lou Graham. That voice is so distinctive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Celine Dion. Yeah, she's Celine Dion is with Barbara, with Whitney, with uh, uh, Ann Wilson, with those kind of ladies that are just, uh, oh, Linda Ronstadt. Linda freaking Ronstadt, bro. Linda Ronstadt is as good as it comes. She's right there with Whitney, right there with Barbara Streisand. That, that is English, Spanish, opera. Oh, my God, Linda Ronstadt had range. Jesus Christ, she had range. Uh, I, I, Maybe I don't put her at that level. I don't know. She's probably a better songwriter than all of them. But I freaking love Carole King. I am a... I am in love with Carol King's voice. You know, I think she is a goddess. Now, 
now songwriter she, she kicks most of the asses of the people we talk she, Whitney Houston can't write songs like Carol King and you know and, and stuff like that I don't even know if Barbara writes songs like her I think that most of these people most of them uh Mariah Carey or whatever they have people that write songs for them and the music and all that it's just a different ball game when we're talking about Carol King Carol King's writing the music and the lyrics and singing and uh, you know Carol King is a goddess of goddesses you know what I'm saying again you got to be a little older to probably appreciate her. Younger people have no idea who the f she is. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, you know. So Gary Sharon, look at you. Biz Marquis. <laughs> Meatloaf. Meatloaf had a great voice, by the way. I love Meatloaf's voice. Now, I'm not going to put him anywhere near Freddie's category, okay, but I do love and Axel Rose. I love Axel Rose's voice. I'm not putting him in the Freddie category, not even close. John Anderson, I love, but it's all falsetto. He only has one voice, one style. That's all. That's all he sings. That's the beauty of Freddie. The range he had, like Linda Ronstadt. It, it's you know I gotta give when when I hear that it's different. It's different. When your voice can go all over, and by the way, Elvis did have a great voice. No, there's no laughing there. Elvis did have a great voice. Again, not putting him in the Freddie category, but I love Elvis's voice. James Taylor too, but I'm again nowhere in the Freddie. I love Don Henley. Not putting him in the Freddie category. Great singers. Good choice on Ronstadt. Great uh, belting voice for Spanish albums. No, uh, dude, Linda Ronstadt is. She's one of the greatest singers of all time. Period. End of story. And if you don't agree, you don't know music, period. You don't know talent. That's all. We're splitting hairs when you say Linda Ronstadt and Whitney or Barbara Streisand and Whitney or Whitney or Barbara or, you know, you're, you're just you're just splitting hairs. Seriously, it's just ridiculous. It's like an argument that you really won't win because it's really mostly subjective because all those ladies are the top of the echelon, you know? Like, you got to have balls to sing a Whitney Houston song. Like you, you gotta be lady. You, you, you gotta, you, you gotta be good because you're, you're about to insult one of the greatest singers of all time, you know? And there's certain women like that, that if you try to do a Barbara Streisand song, brother, you better bring it. You better have the voice or you're going to sound really, really bad. You know, you, you cannot do Whitney if you can't be elite. You know, and that's kind of the, the game. For females, Amy Lee, Evan, Evanescence. Yes, yes. She is phenomenal. Love Evanescence. Big O, hear me out. Bad Bunny. Stevie Wonder's got a magical voice, dude. Again, no one is Freddie, but Stevie Wonder's a god, bro. Yeah. God, yes, yes. Stevie's in that. Is that Freddie's all by himself? And then there's that next level. And Stevie's in that next level with Steve Perry and all those other guys that you've talked. I don't put anybody at Freddie's level. I don't put anyone at Freddie's level. Cannot do it. The, the ladies, we can argue. I We can have a discussion. I can't have a discussion with anybody about Freddie Mercury. I can't. I, I just have never seen it in my lifetime. Any rock singer that's better than that guy. Never seen it in my life. I don't even know. I don't, I don't think there's a pop singer that's better than him. 
ever on the male side. Just don't, I don't agree there's anybody ever that's that can top Freddie Mercury. It just does not exist. Ladies, we can have some fun there. Adam Lambert, love Adam Lambert, but again, the range is not the same. It's mostly high pitch stuff. He cannot actually sing other things. Adam also, Adam's got a great voice in his voice. It doesn't necessarily have a ton of range. It's kind of high in that, in that it stays in that one, in that area pretty much all the time, you know? So I love him. I, he's, and by the way, if you watch this queen with him performing, fantastic. He's a terrific front man. He, if you needed somebody to at least try to fill those shoes, which he'll tell you, nobody can fill his shoes. He'll tell you right away. In every concert I've been to with Adam Lambert and Queen, he will remind everybody because, of course, it's he knows he's walking on hollow ground. So I love that about Adam, actually, that he'll come out and he'll remind everybody, hey, I know I'm no Freddie, okay? And he knows it, you know. Come on, bro. Let's go. There's only one. There will only be one. Marvin Gaye, great voice. Not Freddie. Not Freddie. Yeah, well, I already talked about Ann Wilson. I mentioned her several times. Luther Vandross, yes. Very good. Very good. Oh, imagine this lineup. Freddie, Hendrix, Moon, and Claypool. Wow. That would be phenomenal. I would pay anything, any price to see that one, okay? I'd mortgage my house to see that. Lionel Richie doesn't even sing anymore when you go to his concerts. He wants you to sing his songs. The, the, best, the, best, the best sign when a singer no longer has confidence in their voices, when they're singing, and then they throw it out there. Hey, sing the chorus for me. Hey, sing this. Because they know they can't carry it. And that's... Uh, Lionel's done the talking now. Great voice back in the day. Oh my God, great voice. No doubt. Again, not even close to Freddie, but great voice. Luther Vandross is awesome. David Bowie's backup singer. He was, by the way. If, uh, what is it, American, uh, Young American. Young Americans, that song, Young Americans, you know who's one of the guys singing in the background? Luther Vandross. A young Luther Vandross was the backup singer for David Bowie's band back in the day. How do you like them apples? Uh, let's see. Bob Seger. Love Bob. Bob Seger is an American treasure. I love him. Great voice. Distinctive. But again, not at that level. And I love Sammy Hager also. Good. Terrific voice overall. Again, that's like a third level. You know, there's Freddie, and then you started talking about Steve Perry and all those other guys. Sammy's the next level. Great voice, but the next level. That's where I would put him. Arnell Pineda sings like Freddie or sings like Steve, sir? I think you got your bands and your singers wrong, and nobody sounds like Freddie. I agree. The AI-created Freddie Mercury stuff is awesome as well. Him singing My Heart Will Go On, Oh My God. Yeah. Daryl Hall, definitely. I'm with you there. Brad Del Oh, Brad Delp from Boston. What a voice. Rest in peace. The poor man dealt with um with um a depression and uh, took his life, unfortunately. But 
the Lord blessed him with a golden voice, Brad Delp. Oh, my God. That was one of the great voices in rock and roll. Definitely. Signs of a decline musical artist is when they want you to participate in 85% of their songs. Yes, it happens. And that's what will happen with Lionel Richie, just to warn you, just in case. If you think you're going to go see Lionel Richie and you're going to hear him and you're going to hear the sultry sounds of him and all that, you're not going to hear it anymore. He does not hold the notes anymore like he used to. I walked out on his last concert at the Hard Rock Live. I walked out. After like the fourth song, I looked at my wife. I go, let's get out of here. I can't listen to this. This is embarrassing. He was talking. He was late for 45 minutes. And then he was talking the songs and having people sing the choruses and stuff like that constantly. And I'm like, bro, this is what, karaoke? I didn't come here to be in a karaoke building. Fuck out of here. I'm gone. And I was outie. That's all I can tell you. Uh, we thank David Fronis. We thank Manny Navarro. We thank Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend, that masters this entire platform every single day. We thank all of you, as always, those of you that sent in a super chat. Thank you. Uh, remember, you can always support our show day or night, anytime you're watching, listening at Cash App or Venmo. That's Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo. You can also make a Bitcoin donation at Cash App or Venmo as Bitcoin, by the way, is approaching 62,000 again. It's at 61,984. So it is pumping right now. Let's see if it pumps up to 53, 54, because you know we're about to make a move for 60. That'll be probably by the by by sometime next week. Uh, I mean 70. We'll be we'll be at 70 sometime next week. So it should be fun. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, we will have a crypto bro show later on. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Big O Show or uh, Facebook page Orlando Alzigari or on Twitch, Big O Radio Show. Subscribe there. You will catch it or right here on on uh, on on uh, what's it called on uh, YouTube. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Would it only hit? No, it only happened when it goes on YouTube, right? It won't happen for the others. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter. But if not, go back to those social media pages and you'll catch the Crypto Bro Show later on. So please support us. If uh, you give us lots and lots of views, we'll pass it over to the YouTube page. Okay? So it's uh, you guys are put to the test. If you want more crypto, then we'll give you a show. But uh, you got to respond. So that's what it's all about. We'll see you guys later on on the Crypto Bro Show. And if you're not tuning into the Crypto Bro Show, we'll see you Monday morning at 10 have a blessed weekend. We'll see you same time, same place, same bat chat. Oh, here, here we go with a Jasmine hat.